plots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me This morning, everybody, happy Thursday to all of you, and to you, and to you, and to you, and to you and yours, and everybody else out there, all the other folks, including those people over there, and that person right there, you guys over here, and good morning to the Lord above, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Stan Young. Good morning, uh, Father Tom Wayne. Uh, good morning to you. Steam Fitter Chris is here too, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Lisa and Todd and Joe and Jennifer and Sandy and Lise. Hi, Lise. Jennifer, good morning to you too. Christy, good morning to you too. Hello, everybody. I know. Oh, Rebecca West is here too. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. Uh, yeah, you know, here's the deal. I had a, uh, I had an old girlfriend in high school. She was kind of a girlfriend, uh, I guess. She's one of my friends. Hi, Sharon. And her name was Lise. I've never met another Lise before. Lise, Lise Daly. Although she probably wouldn't own, uh, own me at this point. She probably, probably would uh, deny me three times. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Julie. Hey, Scotty. Hey, Robin. Yeah, uh, yeah. I gotta tell you, that's it. that's the thing about going to U City is that uh, you know, being a conservative was not. Uh, what up, Tim? Uh, was not, and Melissa was not like a very. You know, I don't know why. It just I think everybody just 
figured that since they lived in U City, they were obligated to be to be um, to be liberal. I don't know, and yeah, at least we but we might know the other. You and I might might know the only other lease in the world. Who knows? But yeah, I, and so yeah, sometimes the old uh, high school reunion was a little bit uh, awkward uh, at times when I was in the. And I, I always went to the high school reunion, so uh, it was uh, it was one of those things where, uh, yeah, we um, I got, got, got kind of got to look the, the, the cross eye uh, look at me just a little bit, just not much, but a little bit. And in fact, I think after the whole debacle with ninety seven one, there were some people who attempted to uh, remove my Hall of Fame status at the UCD because I'm that's that probably didn't help matters very much and that is that the uh individuals who I, who were not happy with me and to, to begin with were certainly not very happy when I wound up in the UCD Hall of Fame so that didn't help matters either and uh actually Mark Kaysen and some of his group were the ones that got in the way of the individuals attempting to remove my Hall of Fame status at U-City. All over that whole nonsense and the non-issue regarding the uh, tweet. But it didn't, it didn't happen, and I'm still in the U-City Hall of Fame, and probably so. And so I, I'm proud of that, and the people who tried to get rid of me uh, failed. So that's kind of how things are working, kind of like the way... A lot of it's kind of a swing in the miss for the old, uh, for the old left wing. They just—I'm uh, not quite sure they've accomplished much. What have they accomplished other than just simply causing chaos regarding the Kavanaugh thing? What, what exactly have they accomplished uh, of any significance except for chaos and disruption and a bunch of BS? I'm talking about the far left. I'm not talking about the Democrats necessarily because I actually feel bad for some Democrats because they have nobody of any kind of uh, status, any kind of credibility leading them. They've just got a, got a bunch of uh, chaos masters running around. You see Sheila Jackson Lee's, one of, the, one of the people who used to work for her and Dianne Feinstein, just arrested for doxing Republicans. I mean, literally arrested. Put uh, Lindsey Graham and Mike Lee and I think another Republican lawmaker's uh, information, private information, address and telephone number on Wikipedia. And he was uh, busted, actually arrested, a heap of charges on this guy. And so he's been arrested. He's a, he works at the U.S. Capitol, doxing Republicans, worked for Feinstein, worked for Sheila Jackson Lee, and put the damn uh, private information up. And this is, this is at a time when... Uh, the left wing and liberals are shooting people on baseball fields. You don't think once they find out where somebody lives, it's going to be a, 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 a potential problem? Uh, of course. Yeah, speaking of being local, by the way, uh, I, I watched another former Cardinal become a major league uh, baseball star uh, last night, a hero last night. And I don't know whether you guys know this guy named uh, Luke Voigt. He actually was a cardinal at one point, and he went to Lafayette High School here in St. Louis, uh, was drafted by the Cardinals, and then we traded him away to the Yankees. And now he's, a, uh, he's probably going to wind up, because I think the Yankees are going to wind up winning the World Series, he's probably going to wind up as the 
superstar of the World Series, and we're going to watch a former Cardinal that we traded away, another former Cardinal become a superstar. That's great. And you, and you know what else? Uh, they, I looked at the stats from last night when I was watching the, uh, the playoff game with the Yankees and the Oakland A's, and I was actually kind of secretly rooting for the A's, even though I do love the Yankees. I was secretly rooting for the A's because, you know, I grew up and the A's were one of my favorite teams, and so I was kind of, I don't know, I, I couldn't lose this game. That's all I knew. So the Yankees uh, have Luke Voigt on the team, and then they, they had a little stat that showed the top performers, the top performers in Major League Baseball in August, Luke Voigt and Tommy Pham. Yeah. Yeah. So at some point, you know, listen, I think Moselec's done a good job, and I'm not a sports guy, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to try to be – a sports expert, but after a while, you're kind of watching these guys traded away, and then just you. Then we keep watching them in the playoffs. It's getting a little frustrating. I have to, I have to admit, but I don't know how that works. I mean, it's, I know it's it's complicated and it's it's difficult, but I I, I know I kind of know how that stuff works, and it, it it's not easy. And I think Mosaic's generally done a pretty good job. Uh, but I got to turn my volume down here. So anyway, yeah, the, the arrest of a person who used to work for Sheila Jackson Lee uh, and for Diane Feinstein for uh, doxing Republicans. Speaking of Republicans, Mitch McConnell last night announcing that he is going to go ahead with the cloture vote on Friday. And here's what he had well, to say about that. This evening, the Senate will receive the results of the FBI supplemental background investigation of Judge Brett Kavanaugh. This is now the seventh, seventh time the FBI, the seventh time the FBI has looked into Judge Kavanaugh's background. Yeah, and by the way, the, the yesterday I heard them all arguing over how many copies of the FBI report would be made. And there was some insinuation that there was going to be like one report that was going to be passed around to the entire Senate, which then would take, you know, Three months for, for them to review. So I'm like, dudes, just print the damn report out. Somebody's going to leak it anyway. Who cares? It, it's not going to make a difference. I don't care whether it's public or not public or whatever. I actually don't really know why it wouldn't be public. Go ahead and publish the damn thing and let everybody see it. I mean, who cares? So they're worried, I guess, about leaks or whatever. Somebody's going to leak the thing. You might, If anything, they, they, somebody might even leak it from, you know, the feds. <laughs> who, who knows? Anyway. And this information comes on top of what was already been one of the most thorough and most exhaustive Senate reviews of any Supreme Court nominee in the entire history of our country. Five days of public hearings, 65 private meetings with senators, more than 1,200 responses to written questions from members, more than 500 thousand pages of documents. Yeah, you, you get the picture. So th- that's what's going to be happening on Friday. And a cloture vote is uh, just a fancy term for closing down debate on a matter. Basically, a cloture vote is we're going to vote to stop talking about this and start to vote. That's kind of how the thing's going to go. And so that's how it's going to roll. And hopefully it'll be uh, Positive for Brett Kavanaugh. We have uh, yesterday. We had the usual suspects. We had Jeff Flake, who I'm kind of I'm getting tired of talking about him because he's so such. 
He's such a creep. And and why is he now touring the country with Chris Coons, the, the Democrat senator? What's that all about? Every time you turn around, these two butt buddies are up there on NBC News or whatever talking to each other. And Flake is dutifully throwing the Republican Party under the bus. And Chris Coons is dutifully kind of shaking his head going, yeah, right, Senator Flake. That's right. It's like, what, why are these two traveling around together? It's so weird. They're suddenly now a team, and they're being interviewed by all of the news shows, but they're being interviewed as a couple. What's that all about? How is that happening? My Lord, it looks ridiculous. Anyway, Flake was all upset about the president's statement from uh, the day before yesterday about the, how ridiculous and empty Ford's testimony was and how she didn't remember a thing, and nothing that the president said was not factual. Everything he said was factual, ladies and gentlemen, and we, we all knew that. So anyway, of course, you know, go to the usual senators who were going to, you know, fan themselves in, you know, in disdain, and there's Jeff Flake fluttering his eyelashes, and oh, that's appalling, oh my goodness. And of course, Susan Collins. So who knows whether they're going to, are they going to then not vote for Brett Kavanaugh because of something that Donald Trump said? That wouldn't be a decent thing to do, but, it, but there's a possibility, I guess, they could do it. But are they going to go ahead and do that? I, I doubt it. So anyway, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. But just seeing, just seeing Jeff Flake and, and Chris Coons together, it's like, what are you guys doing? You're just a couple of schoolboys running around together. You're just inseparable. It's like, that's just not right. Anyway, we have some new polling out, too, uh, regarding the uh, GOP. And actually, there are... People and this is released by Fox News, and it looks like there are GOP candidates in battleground U.S. Senate races who are actually going to be doing pretty well. It seems here. So we've got polls, and these cover North Dakota, Indiana, Arizona, Tennessee, and our little place known as Missouri. And in most of the races, in the strongest positions, these GOP people have been in all year. They're in the strongest positions now. So the best news for the GOP so far is in North Dakota, where Heidi Heitkamp, who's the Democrat, is now trailing her Republican challenger, uh, Kevin Kramer, by 12 points. That's the, uh, that's the biggest lead Kramer has opened yet. So, so much for the old blue wave. You've got a sitting U.S. senator named Heidi Heitkamp, who is uh, possibly going to lose her race. The polling is uh, pretty hardcore uh, for her, 12 points behind her Republican opponent. Tennessee, we've got Marsha Blackburn, and she's a Republican, and she's uh, going after the former governor there. And Blackburn has opened a sizable lead, and of course this is probably thanks to President Trump being there as well, uh, so she's got a five percentage point lead over uh, the Democrat there. And then you have Arizona where uh, Martha McSally, you know, remember she went ahead. She was a congresswoman. She went ahead and won that uh, seat there, the primary there. And she is now inside the margin of error against uh, the Democrat there, Christian Cinema. And, and that, that's probably a, a that's a hugely close race. And of course, uh, McSally's the one who replaced uh, candy ass Jeff Flake, who decided not to run uh, for good reason. In Indiana, this is 
so far so good for Joe Donnelly. You know, he's the one who decided not to support uh, Brett Kavanaugh uh, as a Democrat there and kind of made some people pretty mad. But the Republican there is leading him only by two percentage points. Uh, so Donnelly's at 43 uh, and and he is leading this guy, Mike Braun, who's a Republican, by two points. So that's uh, pretty interesting news. And then we go uh, to Missouri. And this is where we've got the race between Senator Claire McCaskill, of course, and Josh Hawley. And uh, this is a margin of error of three and a half percent. And it's a sample size of 683 likely voters. And like each of the other polls released, it was conducted from September 29th through October 2. And so far, it says that these two are in a dead tie at 43% apiece. Now, there are different ways you can look at this particular thing. And one of the ways you can look at it is that this is pretty bad news for Claire McCaskill. As a incumbent Democrat, you ought to be doing better just because it's an off-year election. It's a uh, midterm election, and normally the other party, uh, opposite of the person who was holding the Oval Office, the other party, generally is more successful, but it doesn't seem to be happening here. And the other hand, you can watch it like this. Uh, Josh Hawley ought to be doing a lot better in a state that is 19 percentage points pro-Trump. It's my opinion that this is actually worse news for Josh Hawley and better news for Claire McCaskill. I'm just saying, I don't know. That's just my that's just my opinion about it. But I do believe that under these circumstances, with the kind of attitude in Missouri favorable to President Trump, Josh Hawley ought to be doing better. Now, keep in mind, with the 43% apiece, of course, that only adds up to 86. That means there are others who are undecided, and there are a lot of still undecided voters out there. I, like I was with the, in the beginning with the other folks uh, in the general election, I still don't understand how, what's your decision? You're really kind of like, I don't know, Josh Hawley or Claire McCaskill? I mean, how is it that you're still undecided right now about this race? Like, you don't know who you're going to vote for. Now, again, there are a lot of independent voters out there, and I understand that. Not everybody is uh, firm in their, in their views necessarily, but, uh, I, you know, I do believe that uh, Hawley ought to be doing better, and that's just uh, kind of what ought to be going on here. Uh, Hawley ought to be doing better. So, And I said that last time, and people can say all they want. I mean, yesterday there was a tape released of Claire McCaskill saying people were coming up to her and saying, please save us from President Trump. And it was kind of like scandalous of some sort. I didn't think it was scandalous. It was Claire McCaskill saying people come up to me in the grocery store and say, save us from Donald Trump. Who cares? People coming up to other people saying, save us from Barack Obama. It happened all the time. So anyway, that poll is an interesting one. So so leave it to Missouri to be the one that's uh, so far – you know, the, the one that's tied. Now, keep in mind, there is a uh, new NPR PBS NewsHour Marist poll. And this is a summarization of the uh, survey. In July, there was a 10-point gap between the number of Democrats and Republicans saying the November elections were very important. Now that's down to two points. 
which is a statistical tie. And so it looks like this myth of the blue wave is probably not going to happen. I think the Democrats are probably going to have the most success in the House races in all likelihood. But I just at this point don't think the Senate is going to be anywhere near turning over to Democrats. And so their hopes of disrupting Kavanaugh before they get to uh, (laughs) Dan Hickey, like she goes to the store herself. No, she doesn't go to the store herself. I think, I think she, she said at one point I was in the store or something, but yeah, Claire McCaskill's not in a grocery store. I mean, maybe she is, but in all likelihood, she's not going to the grocery store. Yeah. Good point, Dan. Good morning this morning. All right, so uh, you guys, okay, so yesterday I uh, professed my, I decided I was going to retrace my steps and announce that actually I actually like Megyn Kelly a lot these days. I don't know what has gotten into her other than just a complete rash of common sense, but she's going on these shows at NBC and just dismantling these anti-Kavanaugh commentators. It's just time and time again. You notice that the New York Times uh, had a story detailing this 1983 letter, which was written by Brett Kavanaugh. And the letter basically was one in which I guess they were trying to say that uh, you know he said something really odd, uh, in the letter and that that this was impugning him or whatever. And, you know, Megan Kelly was just on a tear about the thing. She actually, not only was she on a tear, she crumpled the letter on the news on the, on the air. I mean, it was pretty I amazing. I say this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. If you read this whole letter, you will be so impressed at this, the responsibility of this young man saying to his roommates, this is when the lease needs to be paid. This, it has to be paid in cash. Do it up front. And this is, a, this is a letter where he admits is that they're going into a house uh, and, and, and the group going there are loud, obnoxious drunks with prolific pukers among us. It's apparently now... Uh, supposed evidence that that Brett Kavanaugh is a racist, or I mean, I'm sorry, racist. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm wrong word. Rapist, racist. I mean, just pick a pick a pick a charge against any Republican out there. I keep, can you imagine? I'm mixing racist with rapist. That, that's how common these ridiculous accusations are. But Megyn Kelly says, "No, nah, this is a baloney." We're so impressed at. This, the responsibility of this young man saying to his roommates, this is when the lease needs to be paid. This, it has to be paid in cash. Do it up front. Have to be respectful. Have to do this. These are the rules of the house. And then he puts a postscript on there, a PS saying, hey, by the way, it's a joke. It's a joke. This does not help anyone's case. And the New York Times, they should not be focused on that. Okay? This is on Megyn Kelly's show. And she got a, a round of applause from her crew here. This is like the antithesis of the view <laughs> where, the, where the group is applauding her as she rips, as she crumples up a piece. And keep in mind, these are mostly women, by the way. And there are individuals out there who are claiming that, oh, no, women aren't going to, they're not going to vote for a Republican. This Brett Kavanaugh thing is in, inflaming the passions of the white suburban female voter because uh, they're defending Kavanaugh, who's a rapist and a gang rapist. It's 
not happening, people. Megan Kelly has all these people. Most of them look like white suburban women voters to me, and they're all they're all applauding her when she crumples up this letter that the New York Times, you know, obtained and so it's supposed to impugn the character of Kavanaugh. And, and as, as Megan points out, instead, actually, it shows him to be a, a, as a as a college guy. And it shows that him to be a uh, a person who's very responsible. It's a, it's a, it was a, it was a beach vacation with friends. This is high school, so they were they were paying the rent up front for this beach house and everything else. I mean, you know, going to tick off the American people, G- going after him nit by nit as to the number of beers he drank, the number of kegs they had when he was in college. Boy, I, Megan Kelly, come on, people! Let's get a round of applause. To me. I never thought I because I had so much, so much uh, evil in my heart for her a while back, uh, and then she continued to go after not only the Ford story, but also the Swetnick story. Oh, you guys are wondering what's on my shirt. Okay, here. This is a shirt I bought. Uh, I'll, I'll bring it to you. I bought, about, uh, I bought about a dozen of these. This was before the election. And it was a, um, here. Said maybe it was uh, like a Doug Giles painting. No, I wish. I'll, but I'll put a Doug Giles painting on my. Uh, I'll put a Doug Giles painting on my on my shirt once I get the painting. But yeah, it's uh, it's Donald Trump. I bought these shirts on online, and I, I bought them a long time ago. I bought a dozen of them or something like that. I still have a few left too. So you maybe give some away to you guys. I don't know. We should probably. Uh, probably do that but no these are these are great these are these shirts i bought before the election that's what i was so uh so happy i was so confident he was going to win and i love this shirt and i wore it around and you know didn't get any dirty looks people couldn't really figure it out what it was but keep in mind too this is the kind of um the uh this is the kind of shirt like this this like silkscreen look to it where they had obama's picture like that all the time but this is uh this is groovy there you go d j t all right, so Megyn Kelly then not only went after the Ford allegations on her show, then she started going after these uh, Swetnick allegations, the gang rape stuff. And here's Megyn Kelly going after that. And then there's the third woman, Julie Swetnick, who I don't even have time to get into her, her hot mess of a testimonial, but I, I'm no longer even including her in the accusers. I mean, honestly, it, she, her allegations have gone so far off the rails and her credibility issues are so severe. And it's I think we should stop talking and about her. This- I have refused to report Julie Swetnick's allegations on this show, uh, which Avenatti teased for a week before he dropped them on us. Um, you know, you don't tease alleged gang rape, right? Uh, so I That's kind of what I said earlier when, when he said, oh, in two days I'll reveal all this. It's like, wow, you're teasing a gang rape story? It's pretty crazy. So Megan and I are uh, copacetic on this one. Wow, about Julie Swetnick, and then when we finally got to hear her and hear about her background, it was very clear this woman has severe credibility problems. Let's just stop talking about her. I mean, wow. I'm just, I'm, 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 sh- I'm shocked. But this is, this is the kind of reporting, and this is the kind of, uh, well, let's say, uh, objective 
type of approaches to uh, a very serious issue uh, that is causing these massive poll numbers that are showing massive support for Brett Kavanaugh. I think there's there's a poll out there today that's negative or I, I, who knows, but the poll that I was quoting last week, and again, you can take a poll for what it is, 60% of the people polled were favoring a Kavanaugh confirmation. I mean, that's that's a pretty gigantic number and and, and pretty amazing. So I, I'm I'm just saying this is the kind of reporting that we need. And you know, it's not <clears throat> it's not Megan Kelly supporting Brett Kavanaugh for Supreme Court justice. It's Megan Kelly supporting the truth. That's what this is all about. It's Megan Kelly standing up for the truth. And I gotta tell you, I'm I'm uh, hugely impressed. I'm just uh, I've, all week long I've been hitting you with uh Megan Kelly stuff and it's all been positive. I've been pretty pretty impressed with her. Maybe she'll come on the air. I'll help her. I'll help her rehabilitate her reputation. Have her come on the uh Radio Free Almond show and we'll we'll do that. It's a busy time up there in uh by the way in DC and New York. Some of the people who you know, uh, Jim Jim Carafano is traveling. He's all over the map. Genevieve Wood has been working on something with Heritage and has been kind of unavailable to me. Judge Napolitano was too busy. What the hell's going on over here, people? So tomorrow, Doug Giles will be in as well. And also, uh, Kim Paris is going to join us, too, uh, for, for the show. And about 6.45, I'm going to have some of my buds in or one of my guys in from uh, Golden Oak because I want to give you guys an update today on uh, the Golden Oak and, and what's going on with them in terms of Golden Oak Lending. And uh, yes, so thank you very much uh, for all that. I want to go ahead and kick off our national anthem, then uh, get right into a few things, including, check this out, the they decided to have Chelsea Clinton go on the circuit to talk about Brett Kavanaugh and his relationship with women. Um, can, can you all, can you all in any way, shape or form believe that kind of hubris that, 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 that Chelsea Clinton is going on to talk and give us the insight into Brett, Brett Kavanaugh's relationship with women. I mean, this is, this is unbelievable to me, but we're going to uh, hit it. And, and I've got a few uh, interesting things, including, some um, some some songs that have been put together. I, remember, we did the auto tune the news guys, and, and they uh, put they auto tuned these uh, sound bites and things like that. I think they're back, but in a different kind of form. So I flagged a couple auto tune the news type of things for you, and one of them is a mashup of a world famous Hillary Clinton speech at a church and you all remember that I don't feel no ways tired it's actually pretty genius though the way it's going but yeah can you imagine Hillary uh, Chelsea Clinton's going to tell us about her views of Brett Kavanaugh and the allegations against him you all know why that's so fraught with ridiculousness right right without further ado ladies and gentlemen our national anthem Thank you. 
it's not too late. Golden Oak Lending has millions of dollars available with mortgage rates in the threes. Pay off high interest credit cards. Eliminate PMI. Fix up your home. You could even skip two months of mortgage payments. And if we can't close your loan, the appraisal is no charge. Call 314-567-GOLD. 567-GOLD. Golden Oak Lending cured my blues. NMLS 114937, 111 Westport Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. And happy Thursday to all of you. Live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studio. I'm adjusting the description just a tad so you know exactly what Discovery Design is doing. It's all about truck care and manufacturing. So it's all about manufacturing trucks and fleets. And also caring for the trucks you already have by putting anything you need on them. They got their repainting facility and their wrapping facility there, right on the premises in St. Peter's. And we also have a new web address for Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing. It's ddtruckusa.com. DD. TruckUSA.com, people. Good morning this morning, everybody. Uh, how's everybody doing? Thank you, by the way. I, I actually did check the weather forecast, so my Jeep didn't get rained on. So just so you know, I got a few messages from people, too, tipping me off. Hey, by the way, it's supposed to rain. So you guys are remembering my world-famous horrible timing so got my guys from Golden Oak Landing coming in in just a few minutes can have a little fun with them Jason Walton Sr he's the VP of sales he's got a British accent or I think it's British or is it Australian I don't know he's going to come in here and we're going to talk about that well a little bit good morning oh my, okay so yeah they decided to bring in Bill Clinton's daughter to discuss <laughs> Kavanaugh's abuse claims. Why would you do that? That would be ridiculous. But they did. Band called Hooch. You guys like these guys? Very snappy, fun little band called Hooch. I don't even think Facebook could keep up with them. They didn't take me off, I guess. I'll just kind of turn this down and we'll press my luck. A band called Hooch here at Radio Free Almond. Good morning this morning. So, yeah, they had Chelsea Clinton on. And this is kind of really just kind of a mashup of how they're, uh, they're introing her. But 
do, do these people not understand the crazy irony of having a Chelsea Clinton on to discuss Brett Kavanaugh abuse allegations when daddy kind of is world famous for stuff like that that actually has been proven? It's like, okay, well, let's just go ahead and do it, I guess. What did you think during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings? I was (laughs) dying to know when we were sitting there and we were all there covering it. Plus, why would she even appear? I mean, that takes some guts, too, right? I guess you can call it guts. To even appear on the show to talk about Brett Kavanaugh abuse allegations. You're Chelsea Clinton. Clinton. It's Clinton. And you're uh, uh, exposing yourself on these shows to talk about abuse allegations. Yeah, what do you think about all that? Brett Kavanaugh hearings. I was dying to know when we were sitting there and we were all there covering it. And the Clinton name came up in his opening statement. Did you call your mom or your dad and say, can you believe you just mentioned our name? (laughs) You all must have had a discussion about it. What was that like? Yeah. Well, your mom said the performance of behavior was quite out of bounds. Uh, and clearly she had some issue with, issues with it. Do you think that he should be confirmed to the Supreme Court? I mean, honestly. And what is, what is Hillary Clinton doing chiming in on President Trump's comments or Brett Kavanaugh's comments? These are two people who ought to be keeping their trap shut, if you ask me. I mean, I'm, I'm just, out of, just out of decency. I mean, it's just kind of like, yeah, what would you think about the abuse allegations? And, and to me, it would almost be... If, if somebody else did it, like if Sean Hannity asked Chelsea Clinton what she thought of the Kavanaugh abuse allegations, he would be seen as being cruel, wouldn't he? And then I, apparently they did, you know, Chelsea Clinton did call her mom and her mom reacted to, uh, to this uh, thusly. I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far. Nobody told me that the road would. Yeah. So I had this mashup, and I think it's pretty good. It's the, uh, I, it looks like the guys from InfoWars, they had a contest. Uh, and, and I don't know whether you guys remember back in the day when I did a thing called Auto-Tune the News. And I, I didn't do it, but, but there was a group that would, that would do auto-tuning the news. And what they'd do is they'd have like a speech given. You remember that, Matt, at all? Okay. I don't know where those guys went. They were very talented people, though, the auto-tune the news guys. I, maybe they're still out there, but they were really talented. It was very funny. It was almost, hell, it was almost 10 years ago. But they'd have these speeches and things, and they would mash up the speeches and auto-tune the speeches, and they were pretty clever. But this one with Hillary is pretty good. You want to hear it? Yeah. Infowars. Socialist mop, it says here. Good. I don't feel no ways tired. It's amazing how they do it where they actually manage to have the words rhyme. It's like, how'd you guys do that? Uh, we had no money when we got there. I 
hear the one they did with uh, fake news that that this one's pretty good too uh this one's with president trump this is where they got the the rhyming in and they used all the anchors and stuff and it was like wow how how did you do this it was it's great though here i'll start this for you you know i've been hearing more and more about a thing called fake news fake fake news i've seen people destroyed and i think it's very unfair some of the media outlets that I deal with the fake news. Fake, fake news. I think it's a disgrace, an absolute disgrace, but I don't think they care. Well, first of all, one of the reasons I'm here today is to tell you the whole Russian thing. That's a ruse. That's a ruse. I own nothing in Russia. I don't have any deals in Russia. Russia is fake news. I just see many, many untruthful things. The press has become so dishonest. The public doesn't believe you people anymore. You have a lower <laughs> approval rate than Congress. You know, I've been hearing more and more about a thing called fake news. Fake, fake news. I've seen people destroyed, and I think it's very unfair. Some of the media outlets that I deal with the fake news. Fake, fake news. I think so the anchors are all doing, they're, they're the ones doing the kind of that little background. They're the, they're the, they're the background vocals. <laughs> With their fake, fake news. It's great. It's a disgrace. The absolute disgrace. But I don't think they care. I'll tell you something. I don't mind bad stories. I can handle a bad story better than anybody as long as it's true. But I'm not okay when it is fake. It's all fakeness. I mean, it's story after story after story. We're not going to let it happen again. The public gets it. When I go to rallies, they want to throw their placard to CNN. Here's the thing. <laughs> I want to see an honest press. I want to see an honest press. I want to see an honest press. It's so important to see an honest press. I want to see an honest press. I want to see an honest press. But our nation's reporters will not tell you the truth. So go over just some of them. MSNBC. You are fake news. The New York Times. You are fake news. CBS. NBC. ABC. BBC. LA Times. You are fake news. The Washington Post. You are fake news. CNN. Very fake news. Failing pile of garbage. And I've been hearing more and more about a thing called fake news. Fake, fake news. I've seen people destroyed. And I think it's very unfair. Some of the media outlets that I deal with the fake news. Fake, fake 
I think it's a disgrace, the absolute disgrace, but I don't think they care, care, care. There's a group called Socialist Mop. And they're the ones who produced this video. It's very good. I, I really think it's amazing when they are able to put together these things and then also have them rhyme. It's like, wow, that's, uh, that's some killer stuff right there. But it's kind of a takeoff on uh, the auto-tune the news thing. So uh, let me get the – Matt, is that, is, it, is that the one the, – the, you just put that link in there? Okay, good. So that, that's the link to it uh, right there. Matt just popped it in. So um, that's the link to the – is it the link to the Trump one, the fake news one? Okay, good, yeah, because people don't I, – it's hard to watch the Hillary Clinton one because it's just so, uh, it's just so awful and, and, it, and we're just so reminded of, uh, of Hillary. But it's a good, good tune. I, I like the auto-tune and news guys because you can make things happen uh, so – easily with with just kind of mixing up their uh, their voices just a little bit it's fantastic i'm going to put i'm actually going to also put the link uh, that has the socialistmop.com website on it so you guys can go to there too cuz i think they have a bunch of stuff up there so i'm going to be i'm just going to put all the uh, the entirety of that link up there cuz there's a bunch of stuff on there so uh, great song. I'll I'll bring it up a little uh, a little later on. Believe me, but spread spread it around because it's pretty good. And it's it's it and the and the he the news people are forced to be the the chorus. All right. So I gave you the all the wonderful things that Megan Kelly is doing, and over there. So she's got her show, and I believe she's actually creating kind of a a niche to a certain degree because she's. Uh, right kind of up against the view. And if you look at the common sense that's coming out of the Megyn Kelly show, it's I think it's Megan Today or something. I can't remember the name of the place, but name of the show. It's like Megan Today. And uh, you put her up against the view, and these people all look like Whoopi and Joy and Sonny all look crazy. They, they're all nuts compared to what we're seeing from for Megyn Kelly. And this was about the the alert that went out from President Trump. Did you guys see that? The 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 uh President Trump uh disaster alert or whatever it happened to be. I got it on one phone. I didn't get it on my iPhone. So I don't know uh, it was an emergency alert test from the president, and it was going out all over phones. I got it on one phone of mine that I used with Tracy Ellis and the Tracy Ellis team, but the I didn't get it on my iPhone, and I wonder if that's because I turned it off, like I turned off the emergency alerts, because I think I was getting, like, um, the uh, the abduction alerts and things like that, and it's not like I don't care about people being abducted, but I didn't, I just didn't want to get those things on my phone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll probably hear I'll hear about the abduction from somebody else, I guess that's what I was thinking. Oh, so Beth, your iPhone didn't get it either cuz did they did it come on Okay, didn't get it on AT&T. Okay, and I have AT&T. So, uh Stacy got it on her iPhone. Uh Laura received it twice. <laughs> uh and Tara Lynn says she got it on the iPhone but her daughter didn't. So, uh, oh, and, and Nikki, you had AT&T? 
I got it on Sprint. Martha got it on Sprint Android. Nikki got it on the iPhone. I didn't get it on my iPhone. I didn't get the order. I get all kinds of texts and things from them uh, for fundraiser things and stuff like that. But I didn't get it on. I didn't get it on my i iPhone. I didn't get any, Dan didn't get it. Uh, Stacy said she has AT and T and did get it. So I don't know. Maybe you just you're the privileged few. You were you are the designees when it comes to emergency alerts. It's going to be your job to be the one. It's like kind of like sitting near the exit door in an airplane. You have a lot of responsibility, people. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got our uh, our Golden Oak uh, people here. Fantastic. Okay, so anyway, the, the view goes crazy over this emergency alert. I think it's actually pretty cool. I, I, I'm, I'm all for it and, and, and happy to have received it on one phone, but I didn't receive it on the other, so I don't know what, what that's all about. And so they all go crazy over the thing. I mean, they're, they're unnecessarily so. We're giving you an early warning to all Americans. If you have a phone, you are going to be getting a text from the guy in the White House at 2.18 Eastern Time. It's the first test of the presidential alert system, which you can... And of course, if this were Obama, it would be treated like this was like a, a major accomplishment on the part of... Uh, uh, Barack Obama, he'd, be, he'd get the uh, Nobel Prize for awesomeness if if Barack Obama did this. But since it's President Trump, it's 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 menacing all of the Trump derangers out there. Opt out of. OK, I don't like that. I mean, he doesn't have proper phone etiquette or Twitter etiquette. Why, why do I have to be subjected exactly. to that? You're yeah. not getting his tweets. This is for like a terrorist attack or well, a hurricane or natural disaster. I don't need him to tell me. He's yeah. the last one to tell me. Yeah. And have- really? Uh, uh, but you mean you mean the commander in chief's the last one to tell you anything? Okay, Whoopi, we'll wait for the missile to ride right up your rear end, and then then I guess what is that when you're going to know when it's stuffing itself up up you like that? I mean, honestly, the fact of the matter is, uh, if if you're getting alert from the commander in chief, that's pretty good inside, I think. I don't have trust in him. Remember what happened He's in Hawaii? He's a liar. How do you believe that? Yeah. That's just because you guys can't stand the president. No, no. He's like, no. He's a proven liar. No. Yeah, Abby Hunt's been gamely trying to take on these this gaggle of witches here, and it's just not working. So no. if- Although, by the way, I uh, – well, just as an aside, yesterday I uh, had an interesting little meeting with I, – I, I probably shouldn't really talk too much about it, but <clears throat> we're working on a special kind of uh, – program a special show with uh haunted stl tours and it's Lacey reinhardt and 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 we've also have of course mama k you know her as well and they're all uh they've been involved in this but we're taking it one step further with some folks in town who do television production and so we had a little meeting yesterday. You probably saw something on my Facebook that was kind of cryptic to a certain degree, and Lacey had put it out there. So I had this meeting, and uh, there were two witches there at this meeting. They're, they're witches. They're, they're real witches. It's awesome. And so I'm telling you right now that I'm not going to use the term witch pejoratively anymore. I just made the mistake of saying that these people were witches there at the uh, – at the view, but witches are not uh, the witches I know are awesome. I know Becky Noble; she's a Wiccan witch, but these two other witches are the coolest witches I've ever seen in my life, and they're real witches. They're they're real witches. You know, they're they're mediums, and they can I don't know. 
It's very complicated, but but they're really seriously really nice women, and they are witches. So I I have now taken witches out of my vocabulary as a pejorative term. So I'll have to come up with something else. You guys can help me, perhaps. All right? Yes. Here. But they they keep going on here. Is he going to lie about a terrorist attack? I I, I would not put that past him. I'm I'm running around like a crazy person because he sent me something with his improper phone etiquette. I'm (laughs) not into it. This is a law, by the way, that started under President Obama. If he would have sent me anything. Listen. Listen. Do you think there's somebody in the audience here thinking, you Good morning, everybody. We are live, live from Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. Thank you. Thank you to my buddy, Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like Dr. Proctor Drapery.com is where you're going to find him. His mobile design unit will come right in, drive right up to your doorstep. Seven days a week. I saw a live version of the Goo Goo Dolls, man. In the rain, it's really great. I love the song. I forgot about the uh, Goo Goo Dolls there for a second. I'm going to bring uh, Jason Walton, Senior Vice President of Sales for Golden Oak Lenny. He's going to pop in here real quickly. 314-567-GOLD. Well, hello, Mr. Walton. Hello there. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for uh, having me on the show today. You're welcome, my friend. That's Jason Walton with the exotic accent <laughs> at, at Golden Oak. He's the uh, Senior Vice President of Sales at Golden Oak Lending. And uh, I was trying to nail down the origin of the accent. I couldn't figure out, is it Australia, Britain? It, it, it's English. Oh, it's um, English, okay. I've lived in this uh, great city for 20 years. 20 years, huh? Uh-huh. Yep. What made you come over to the United States, by the way? Uh, I have a beautiful wife. And, oh. And that will do it to you. I, <laughs> I live in New City, and I, I love it, and uh, everything, life is great. No kidding. Yep. I, you know, I grew up in New City. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, grew up. I love that town. I uh, I grew up. I uh, my uh, address was seventy three twenty four Cornell. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar with that. I yeah, think. it's right yeah. near uh, right near. Well, they call it Mooney Park now, but it was uh, Jackson Park, and uh, went to Jackson Park Elementary. Okay, and U City High. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and my wife's actually from U City, so um, yeah, love it. What's her name? Arena. Oh, okay. Yeah, she owns a, a small insurance company right there in uh, Old Bonham and Delmar. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. so U City's a great town, man. And, and I, 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 uh, I, when I was back in the day, the Loop was not even really developed. So you had the theater down there where everybody went to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show, you know. Sure. And then they had like a candy store down there. That was pretty much. That was pretty much. I knew where the candy store was. When's this trolley going to show up? That's, uh, I don't you know, know, man. That's, but you know, one one thing about U City though, the U City City Hall is beautiful. It is, yeah. It is a. Uh, it looks like it's more like a nineteen ten. Uh, but it's this round, beautiful building. You ought to check it out sometime, people, if you can. But it's 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 from the turn of the century era. 
it is architecture. And it's set a little bit back, so you have to go back there and actually walk back yeah. there and take a look at it. Yeah, I was always wondering whether it, ultimately it was going to lean like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, but it, it, not 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 so so much luck. Maybe in another hundred years or two. We'll right see. on. Right. All right. So we had the president of Golden Oak landing here. James Hawkins was in here a while back and uh, last couple of weeks, and he is touting the amazingness of Golden Oak landing, and so. Uh, I figured, well, let's get the senior vice president of sales in here, and I'll say, okay, is it true that Golden Oak Landing is as amazing as I'm told that it is, Jason? Okay, absolutely. That's a great question, by the way. Um, Absolutely, and let me tell you why. Um, We're in the business of, I know we find homes, help people secure financing for for homes, which is awesome, Uh, but we have a big impact on people's lives, so... We're in the business of saving people money. Really, yeah. You know, and our average customer would come in today to see us and, and they want some home improvements. Um, they love their home. They don't want to move, go through the hassles of moving, maybe fix up a kitchen, a bathroom, whatever it is. And we can get this accomplished. Uh, normally, they want to wrap up a little bit of credit card debt or charge cards as well. And we actually lower their overall monthly payments. It's pretty amazing. And when they see that, they are amazed, and um, it's extremely rewarding for the loan officer um, when, that, when that happens. And you don't have to take my word for it. You could check out our Google reviews, BBB uh, reviews, go on our website. Uh, we've got social survey reviews, uh, multiple review, uh, reviews daily, and see what our customers are saying. So it's, it's right there. Um, it's every day, and it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, goldenoaklending.com. And uh, you have a thing called and, – and this is what's great about it because, I mean, I have seen situations where people have done refis, and, yeah, their, their mortgage goes – it actually goes up uh, because they're obviously paying for it. Sure. But you've been able to – you guys make it kind – of, you kind of challenge yourselves to, to reduce the, the mortgage payment. We always put the customer first. And I'm going to share a little bit of information with your audience today. Not a lot of people know this, so this is real – Okay. Privy stuff. Uh, our owners, James and Sean, I know you've met them. Yeah. They actually started at our company as loan officers and they worked their way up through the ranks and to owning the company. And uh, actually, every manager in our company started off at the bottom and worked their way up. We've never, it's been, we've promoted everybody from within. And, uh, you know, why that's so important is. You know, you never forget that the customer's always first, and, and, and that's really what our goal is, to put the customer first in everything that we do. So um, I would encourage any of your listeners out there, um, we don't open to 8.30, unfortunately, <laughs> but wait till 8.30 and pick up the phone and give us a call, and, and we will give you plenty of options. It's, it's totally free, and... Um, Let's see what we can do for you. Yeah, well, and, and, and plus people can go online because there's 24-hour help there. They, can, they can't close a loan for you online, but there's 24-hour help there if you want to ask questions in the run-up to maybe giving a phone call to them. We've got our, a website set up. You can apply online. Um, if it's some weird hours and you work <sighs> nights, we will get back to you first thing in the morning. But here's the thing that most people really want. They want to come in, they want to talk to somebody face-to-face, and they want to see what their options are. Yeah. So you can do so much online and it's all good, but uh, if you're anything like myself, you actually want to sit down with someone and face to face, you want to shake their hand and you want to we show you all the options that are available. We've got a plethora of loan programs out there. Uh, I'm sure we can do something to put most of your uh, 
your audience in a better situation. Right. And that's where we kind of get back to the vibe that has been created uh, by James and Sean having come up from the ranks here. So what happens, folks, is – and you can always tell – uh, that a place that has happy employees, employees that are well taken care of, that just transfers to great care for you. And so James and Sean, and even yourself for that matter, uh, the people who are there as loan officers or, or whatever they're doing there, uh, James and Sean and Jason, they, they, they will constantly tell them, hey, we've been where you were before, and they know what their needs are, they know how to to make their jobs easier and all that kind of stuff because they've been there before. And that's where you get the satisfaction of the face-to-face because you're dealing with people who really do care about you, but they're also being cared for by the higher-ups. You're absolutely right. I mean, it, it goes a lot further than just giving somebody a great interest rate. It, it, every great company offers has great customer service, and, and that's really what we strive to do every day. So, um, again, please call yeah. us and... Um, Check out our reviews and, and give us a call and, and let's see what we can we can do for you. Three one four five six seven gold. And here's the thing too: people don't realize because things have happened fairly rapidly with our economy here, and since President Trump has become president, the economy has just is zooming. And I mean, the stock market even just continues to go crazy, even as the the world seems to be going crazy. And so a lot of you might not realize that over the past two years, your home values have increased. And a lot of people don't realize that their home values have actually increased because they haven't checked. Absolutely. And um, the beauty of it is, is our appraisers, we do so many loans. Um, they have so many comps on their books. They get the absolute most value for, the, for your home. They're familiar with your area. So... And again, obviously, we talked about our appraisal guarantee. If for any reason the, the loan doesn't close, we don't charge you for the appraisal, which is a huge thing. So really, you've got no risk whatsoever. Um, I know a lot of people, um, they're a little bit scared. They've called their bank before, paid for an appraisal. It didn't come in. The loan didn't happen. You know, it left, left a bad taste in their mouth, let's say. And, you know, if it happens to you or I, you're like, well, I'm never doing that, right. that again. Well, we take all of that out, out of it. In fact... I think it was about seven or eight years ago we, we put this uh, appraisal guarantee for our clients out there. We were the first company in St. Louis to actually offer that. And um, after the fact, many, many companies copied that. But um, we started that whole thing right here in St. Louis. All right. Well, Jason Walton, thanks so much for, for being with us. Do you, do, you, do you get back to the U.K.? From time to time, I was there. At, uh, I always go on the expensive times to travel, Christmas and New Year. Yeah. You know, when the, when the oh, flights yeah. were about triple. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, so um, that's the time. It's family time. So, and, and I don't know if you've been over there before, but it's a heck of a flight from something. You can't fly direct anymore. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, it's, uh, it's a day each way. But, um, yes, from, yeah. from time to time. Now I try to get my family to come over here and visit me. It's a, <laughs> right. it's a lot easier and it's a lot cheaper. Uh, no, no doubt about it. And, and I mean, you're a little uh, younger than I am, but you, would you grew up with uh, watching Benny Hill and exactly. Monty Python and all it, that kind of stuff? You, you got it. You did? Yeah. yeah. The good old days. <laughs> the, good, <laughs> the good old days. No doubt about it. Well, uh, Jason, thanks, thanks so much for coming in. And once again, as uh, I don't know whether James warned you, uh, there's a possibility we were not going to have the air conditioning here fixed yet. So I appreciate you coming in in your suit and tie right. and, and sweating with us. So uh, It's not that bad at all. No. I know I'm a little underdressed. James normally has a three-piece suit <laughs> on, right? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Well, and that's, that's, not, that's another distinctive quality of the folks at Golden Oak Landing is when you go there, 
Uh, these guys are ready for you, professionally dressed and professionally trained, well taken care of, and that just transfers to great help for you. And I do appreciate so much the support of Golden Oak Lending, uh, of Radio Free Almond, and my people out there uh, appreciate you guys too. You have a great audience, and, and just one last time, please, uh, please pick up the phone, give us a call today, and speak to one of our senior loan officers. I've heard you talk about that, and you know the reason they're senior, right? Just because they're all, all old. That's all it is. <laughs> They've just been there forever. Well, that's seasoned and experienced then, correct? Exactly. And that means also, folks, uh, when you're seasoned and experienced, you kind of know the ins and outs uh, so that there are fewer obstacles when you have a little bit more experience out there. So good to see you, my right friend. Right on. Well, it's a pleasure. All right. Yeah. Any, any time. Uh, no problem at all. Say hi to U-City for me, too. The great, Will do. Thank uh, you. U-City people. Yeah. Okay. We're going to come back here. Yeah, this is great, man. This is- I don't need... All of my advertisers are great, the people who support this show. They're very important to me, and so I appreciate these guys and what they do. And what I know they're going to do for you as well. So that's what it's all about with my friends. At Gold Note Blending, 314-567-GOLD. We're in the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. We have a new website for you. It's it's ddtruckusa.com. Phone number's still the same. You can see it right down there, but it's uh, ddtruckusa.com, people. Good morning this morning. Uh, I tell you, I'm just stacking them up now. I've got... My guys at Nutrition HQ who are thankfully supporting the show now, too. So things are uh, moving right along with the Radio Free Almond brand. And I appreciate uh, all you guys for sticking with me, and I appreciate the advertisers as well for uh, being so great. Did you see this? Uh, these people at in the White House press room are... The most obnoxious people that I have seen ever in terms of their comportment and their and their their manners. I mean, I don't know whether you remember this guy named Brian Karam, and they've taken on Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I don't. I don't. I don't want to pull the whole. Uh, gender card here because it's not necessary to, to do that. I, I just, I don't need to kind of do that. But I, I do have a, a sense uh, in, an, in an odd kind of way, I do kind of get a sense that if Sarah Huckabee Sanders were somebody else, perhaps they wouldn't uh, mess with her to that degree. Because you have Brian Karam and that other ditch from the Black Urban Network or whatever that is, and they're constantly harassing Huckabee Sanders. But they were doing it to Spicer, and I think it's just the fact that you're a supporter of President Trump, you're going to be, you're going to get it. But let's go back to, uh, boy, this is a year ago in June. 
And this is uh, this is Brian Karam when he was uh, having his temper tantrum. And keep in mind, this guy does this a lot. All right, this guy's been on the record as attacking Sarah Huckabee Sanders right in the middle of the whole damn thing. Okay, here's how it went back in June of 2017 when Brian Karam decided this was going to be the time that he was going to take on uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, Just an absolute tirade from a lot of people in this room. But news outlets get to go on day after day and cite unnamed sources, use uh, stories without sources, have, uh, you know, you mentioned the Scaramucci story where they had to have reporters resign. Come on, you're inflaming everybody right here, right now with those words. This administration has done that as well. Why in the name of heavens, any one of us, right, are replaceable, and any one of us, if we don't get it right, the audience has the opportunity to turn the channel or not read us. Keep in mind, the audience doesn't really hold them accountable for whether they get it right or not get it right. Because if you really boil it all down, they all report the same thing. So so what's happening here is, and, and keep this in mind because this is very important. When he said, well, listen, if we don't get it right, you know, our audience uh, will turn away. That's not true. Because what these guys do is they all report the exact same lie. They regurgitate the same damn lie. So CNN, CBS, ABC, NBC, the Washington Post, the New York Times, they all report the same damn thing. And and when you do that, there's no one who's going to hold you account because there's no alternative news source except, of course, for maybe the people who listen to the Radio Free Almond show or who might go to Fox News in the evening time sometime because even sometimes on Fox News during the daytime you're getting a uh, you're getting a regurgitation of the fake news that we see because they're just, that's just the, unfortunately the way it is there in uh, in daytime Fox News land so this guy claiming that that we're replaceable and we're held accountable, Brian Karam, is ridiculous on its face. And this was again, I'm playing this for you because this was in June of 2017, and now Brian Karam, this same guy, who clearly has, you could go tape after tape after tape. This same guy has a huge issue and huge uh, wild hair. Uh, for the Trump administration, it's very clear to the point where they just get up and they start just to argue with people left and right. And keep in mind here, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders didn't start this. She was responding to people who are reporting fake news. I think I you think, have been elected to serve for four years at least. There's no option other than that. We're here I think, to ask you questions. Right. We're here to provide the answers. And what you just did is inflammatory to people all over the country who look at it and say, see, once again, the president's right and everybody else out here is fake media. Yeah. And, that, and actually, you, you, you finally got something right there, Brian. Now, keep in mind, he's now uh, on, and, he, and this is a, a year later, more than a year later, and Karam is now the guy who is able to be – it's elevated him now to a CNN contributor. So all this stuff you've seen and, – and you could go to Brian Karam and you could see the, uh, the, the terribleness of Brian Karam. And I forgot the other chick's name from that Urban Network, but she's got her, her undies in a bundle on a regular basis. And, and Don, Don Lemon has her on and – 
you know, will will laud her for being a national hero because she she mouthed off to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I don't remember her name, and I'd like to keep it that way. So anyway, Karam now though is after all of his temper tantrums on the floor of the White House press room, they've decided. I know what we'll do. Then we'll go ahead and make. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and make Brian Karam a CNN contributor. And this is the problem with CNN, is that they elevate people who are a bunch of gunslinging media hacks. And it's why they have been raked over the coals, and even Ted Koppel has raked them over the coals. And I'll get to that in just a second. But here's Brian Karam and what he decided to do there uh, on the afternoon show with Allison Camarado and this other guy. I don't know who he is. Yeah, he's going off on call. To Margaret's point, and she's right. Look, he um, during the course of that press conference yesterday, he was equally offensive to everyone. That doesn't mean that he's not a sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical bigot. It's just that he treats all reporters but and and the optics of it is bad because we're talking about a a scotus nominee who is uh being accused of sexual assault he did insult all right he gave major garrett from cbs uh, major had the the microphone in his hand a couple of times and then dismissed him he dismissed peter alexander and told him to stop he told me to sit down i was already sitting down you deserved it <laughs> yeah Poor that's baby. right I, I had it coming i yeah, asked you did him a have question about tariffs and then he wouldn't let me ask a question about SCOTUS. But yeah. the real Boo-hoo. telling point, if you really want to know how this president thinks, it wasn't and isn't how he treats reporters. He is a misanthrope, but that doesn't excuse his misogyny. If you really want to understand how this president thinks, take a look and listen to what he said yesterday. I mean, have you heard enough from Brian Karam, who is now a CNN contributor, who is calling President Trump a misanthrope and a misogynist and a bigot and everything else. This is a guy who's supposed to be a, a who's who's actually in the White House briefing room. He ought to be, he ought to be kicked out of the damn briefing room as far as I'm concerned. He ought to have his credentials ripped. I mean, listen, the president and his people have the wide range of authority to decide who gets to ask questions and who doesn't. And the president has never failed, in my opinion, to make himself accessible to the news media. Every time you turn around, he's talking to the news media. I don't know what these guys are complaining about. Brian, I wasn't called on. I, well, no, no wonder people don't call on you. You think you're, you, you think you're going to get called on now after you just went on CNN and called President Trump a, a, a misanthrope and a, and a bigot and a sexist and a misogynist? Come on now. Meanwhile, Don Lemon, who I don't know what he's doing now, but he's did what did Don Lemon do to his face? Is he wearing lipstick now, or what is is he like transitioning or something? Because uh, Don Lemon now has taken on this look of a uh, 17th century fop in this discussion with Chris Cuomo. It's like, dude. What has happened to you? I can't tell whether he's wearing uh, eyeshadow or lipstick or what it is with Don Lemon, but he's transformed. And not only has he transformed uh, visibly, 
he's transformed emotionally, apparently, because he's not happy with the intended outcome, the possible outcome of the Kavanaugh vote, which we are all anticipating will be a uh, thumbs up for old Brett Kavanaugh and a thumbs down once again for old CNN. And here's uh, here's Don Lemon. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they want as quickly as possible. I have to say, I mean, it's Wednesday now. Uh, on Friday, all this drama played out, and I, I, would, I guess the investigation started after that, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, that is a very short time for a, an investigation. Listen, I'm not in law enforcement, but it just seems like it's a really, really short right. time. But it, regard- Did you drug you before you went on to, to, to keep you from – did they anesthetize you before you went on there, Don, just to keep you in, in this sleep mode, or you just hung over as usual? What's in the report? Mitch McConnell is saying, and you see it there, they're going to vote on Friday, and all of us will know. And here's what I'm saying. It's going to be Justice Kavanaugh. I think yeah. that's what's going to happen. There you mm. go. Good good job, Don. Thanks for coming to the conclusion that pretty much everybody else uh, has come to, and that is that you guys are on the losing end. That's where the odds are right now. Yeah, yeah right. Oh, bar- b- b- bummer. But that's, that's, the, that's the – you know, here's the deal. If you're if you're Don Lemon or you're on CNN and you're an anchor, don't you think at some point that that you would be if you're if you're truly a journalist and, and Don Lemon would be the first one to tell you that that you are a journalist. So when he says Hey, stop attacking me. I'm a journalist. You're attacking the First Amendment. You're attacking our nation's information institutions and blah, blah, blah. At some point, you would think that these guys would want to be seekers of the truth and appreciators of the truth. But instead, what we get is we get a, a, a CNN anchor like Don Lemon. And again, he, I don't believe he's objective, and I don't believe he's a real journalist, but he would tell you that, and he would tell you that he is a real journalist and that he is objective. So how is it possible you can go on CNN and then at, at, at this point then uh, sit there and look like somebody just strangled your puppy in front of you when you are saying well, it looks like it's going to be Justice Kavanaugh? Why, why do you have to put on your long face and your little depressed face when you're talking about what could be an outcome that is the outcome of truth-seeking as opposed to anything else? Because heaven, heaven knows, I mean, if, if Kavanaugh goes ahead and gets confirmed, this is going to be a major, major kill shot uh, of the Democratic Party and of the, of the news media and everything else. And you're actually already kind of seeing the people on the news start to kind of admit that there's a lot of flimsiness to the stories, not only of Christine Ford, but also of the other two. So they're finally admitting that if you want to hear them kind of do it. Yeah, here you go. The performance did not sit well with three Republican senators who will make or break Judge Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation. The GOP can only afford to lose one of their votes if all the Democrats reject Kavanaugh. But all three senators are undecided after hearing Ford's testimony, which did include some gaps. Yeah, just a little just a little. Now, the story began with the three senators, Murkowski and Jeff Flake and Susan Collins, all reacting to the president's speech. But the thing that people don't realize is that just because you don't like the president's speech doesn't mean you don't vote 
down a Supreme Court justice nominee because Brett Kavanaugh isn't the one who spoke at that at that rally. It was Donald Trump. And of course, if you decide that you're going to punish Donald Trump for something he said by voting down his nominee, then you're a hack. And we already know, I, I, I think Susan Collins is a yes vote, and I think Burkowski is too. I think Flake remains probably a no vote. I don't know what's gotten into uh, him that is making him even worse of a, uh, even a darker soul. Uh, and that's because now he's making the rounds with Chris Coons, the Democrat senator. So they're doing interviews together now which is really weird to me. I mean, I understand if you have, you know, some agreement on the issues, but how is how is Jeff Flake now doing interviews? Why are they running around as a team now? Is it Abbott and Costello all of a sudden? Or uh, Sonny and Cher? I'd take that one beforehand. Yeah. I don't have all the answers, and I don't remember as much as I would like to. Yeah, right. We get it. I think we've established that you don't have all the answers and you don't remember as much as you'd like to. Do you remember anything other than the beer? It's a couple of days ago that the president called Christine Blasey. Oh, and by the way, now they're moved, they've moved on to from the temperament issue to the, uh, I think, the, the beer drinking issue. Now they, they found that, New York Times found that letter regarding the, the, uh, a keg party of some sort. And that's all supposed to be, I mean... Some guy in college with his being at a keg party is supposedly scandalous these days. I don't know. A very credible witness, uh, a very credible, very compelling. But now he's basically making her out to be a liar. So which is it? Certainly. Well, first of all, that's another correspondent, and that's the one who uh, President Trump accused of not thinking. And she is herself saying this person is a very credible witness. And I'm trying to figure out when, when people say that and when people have said that, I don't care whether it's Judge Napolitano or this woman at CBS or anybody, when someone says she's a credible witness, on what basis do they say that? Has anybody ever been required to tell us on what basis do you find her credible? I mean, now now, is it credible? Is she credible because she's whiny adapter of the 10-year-old girl voice or that she throws her hair in front of her face and and wears oversized glasses and has that weird, cryy, whiny vocal fry going for her? Does that make her more credible? Like, how is she a credible witness? Other than the fact that she does have a PhD, and I, I don't doubt that she has a level of intelligence going for her. I'm not, she doesn't seem like a dumb person uh, at all, but, but has anybody ever been having to explain at all why they believe she's a credible witness? I don't know. Um, The testimony by Dr. Ford was compelling, uh, but you can't make this decision based. I I, I agree with, I disagree with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. It wasn't compelling at all. I mean, why does everybody have to qualify everything they say about this woman who was clearly lying. Why did they have to qualify everything they say by saying it was compelling? It was compelling much the way uh, uh, perhaps a train wreck might be compelling. 
I'm not quite sure whether, I mean, compelling doesn't always have to be a positive word. I mean, it's compelling to, you know, watch a uh, mongoose and a cobra fight. It's compelling to watch a, uh, a gazelle get eaten by a lion on Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. I guess that's compelling. It's compelling to watch a train folded up like, like boxcars in a crash. I guess that's compelling. But that's, that's about as compelling as I can describe her testimony. I, I, let me look up. Let me look up the definition. Hold on a second here. Let me just let me do something here because I, I want to look up the definition of compelling and find out what that means. Because I, I know I kind of know what it means to evoke interest, attention, or admiration in a powerfully irresistible way. Not able to be refuted, inspiring conviction. Not able to be resisted. Overwhelming. So those are the three, three descriptions of the adjective compelling. Now, compelling normally is a compelling. I know how to pronounce it, lady. Tell me how to pronounce that word. Compelling. I know how to pronounce it. Compelling. That sounds like Christine Ford. Compelling. She, she's my Christine Ford has invaded the computers everywhere now, and she's doing the pronouncers for words on compelling. Yeah, compelling. But when you say the word compelling, normally compelling is associated with a positive thing, like it's, and even the the, the actual the actual definition of it, evoking interest, attention, or admiration in a powerfully irresistible way. Not able to be refuted, inspiring conviction, or not able to be resisted, overwhelming. And so I'm sorry, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I don't believe that it was compelling. And, but if you want to adopt kind of an alternative definition of compelling, it was compelling in a kind of like a, well, in a major league WTF exclamation point. Like, WTF, am I watching here? What is this? This looks like a weird, twisted, strange, bizarre performance by a woman who is in her 50s who is coming across like she is 10. And again, I my daughter Natalie's 10, so... I, I always hate to make comparisons to kids because there's so many great kids out there. But but you know what I mean. She looked like you know the chick on Laughing in her oversized rocking chair and her ankle socks and her big uh, big lollipop and pigtails. It's like what is this monstrosity here? I'm sorry, but uh, and, and people are going yeah, but clearly something did happen to her. Yeah, like um, what she do like hits of acid 10 times in a row because for some reason something about her brain is is has is gone away i'm sorry i don't mean to be harsh but come on this woman was not credible at all nor compelling but everybody has to say it because they don't want to be looked upon as being mean and blah 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 motion it has to be based on fact Ford concedes she does not remember many details about the night in question <laughs> these are all these she are all said- the news people now basically begrudgingly admitting that 
there are holes in her story. So you heard from uh, NBC. Now this is uh, this is ABC. That's why she wanted an FBI investigation in the first place. But when it comes to details about the alleged attack itself, she says her memory is crystal clear. Yeah. Went up a very narrow set of stairs leading from the living room to a second floor. I mean, I hate, I'm, I'm laughing because this is so ridiculous. And, and just, the, just hearing that voice again is, yeah. To use the restroom. <laughs> yeah, Jane, it's Edith Ann. <laughs> Remember Edith Ann? It was pretty funny. When I got to the top of the stairs, I was pushed from behind into a bedroom across from the bathroom. Yeah, that might have happened to you, and it would be sad if it did. Then why are you running around calling people asking if that was Brett Kavanaugh or not, since you actually do not know it was? And, and, and apparently people have been coming out of the woodwork saying, yeah, she called me, like asking me if like it was really Brett Kavanaugh. Ford also says she remembers the laughter between Kavanaugh and his friend Mark Judge. Anyway, that, that's that's where we're at right now, where the networks and uh, aided, thankfully, by my new hero, Megyn Kelly, uh, finally is is able to uh, kind of clear the air and, and 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 speak through the craziness that is not only the New York Times letter, but also the uh, the other kinds of allegations that are coming out. Now they're just grasping for straws. They're, they're now looking at you know, the idea of Brett Kavanaugh doing keg parties and everything else. It's like, wow. Thanks for listening to Radio Free Almond, RadioFreeAlmond.com. What's up, people? I can tell by the mark he left you were in his dream. Ah, child of countless trees. Good morning now. Ah, child of boundless sea. Thank you to Matthew Mitchell and the What You Are and What You Meant to Matthew be. Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855 Quote Me. Speaks his name though you were born to me. Born to me. 855 quote me low premiums and low deductibles all at the same time. Lost now on the country miles in his Cadillac. Life home and auto. Yeah. Matthew Mitchell. 855 quote me. Thank you also to uh, Mike and Shannon at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Mike and I had an exchange yesterday where Mike was like, thank you for all you're doing, man. And so you guys are thank, thankful you guys are really helping her. Uh, Santino Cigars and Cocktails in the business down there, and I appreciate you so much. A lot of you are hanging out there and love that. Really easy to get to, Santino Cigars and Cocktails, right there in Vogel Road. Do you guys like the uh, picture I put up of... Um, Stand the F up pre-workout that was put forth by my buddy Ricky Hall. Ricky and Jenna, owners of Nutrition HQ. NHQ.rocks is the website. Yeah, it was all in response to Colin uh, Kaepernick. 
Johnny, why would I play Fish when I can play the Grateful Dead? I mean, why would I play a Grateful Dead ripoff band when I could play actually the real band? Grateful Dead, man. Good morning this morning. Yeah, this is, I've seen this, uh, I've seen them perform this a number of times live. My, uh, and, and here's the thing there's no way Facebook will pull me off for playing The Grateful Dead. And, and there's a reason why that is. Like my best friend from high school, Dave, was a deadhead. And so. When I was in college, of course, every once in a while I'd be able to see him because he'd, he'd follow the Grateful Dead around everywhere. I must have seen the Grateful Dead like seven or eight times. I think I saw Jerry Garcia's last performance at the Red Riverport before he died. I'm not really a dead head, though. I'm really not, I don't have like all their records, all that kind of stuff, but... But it's great. It's Cassidy live, and and and, and I I can harken back to the old days and watching there being on the hill there in Alpine Valley, Wisconsin, the amphitheater there. Everybody dancing around in their uh, well, I mean, I'm talking about his last concert in St. Louis, buddy. Um. Yeah, dancing on that hill there. And sunshine, tie-dyes, hippie chicks all over the place. And then microphones. So what you used to do with the Grateful Dead is you'd go and you'd, uh, you'd be able to go and... Because the Grateful Dead bootleg industry is a big one. That's, people record these concerts and... And that's just what they do. And so the Grateful Dead allowed people to record their concerts. And so you'd have people who would who would go up and and and, and they'd have these uh, microphones and recorders up on big sticks and they'd plant them in the in the ground and just roll record and record the entire concert. So there are people out there with stacks and stacks and stacks of Grateful Dead bootlegs. But they're not really bootlegs because Grateful Dead encouraged you to to record them while they were performing. Yes, Scotty, Alpine Valley is a great place. It's unfortunately where Stevie Ray Vaughan wound up getting killed. That was a bummer. Yeah, we, but, but, so that's why it would be weird if Facebook would pull me off for, for doing this because, because the Grateful Dead of all people wanted people to copy their music. So I don't think they would do it, but, but the Grateful Dead liked to spread their music around. They, they didn't, you know, they sold albums and stuff, but uh, most of the time the, the attraction to the Grateful Dead was when they were, when they were live anyway, they, they were, I would, I would, I would venture to put forth the opinion that I believe that they are uh, that they are 
better live than they are on records. Some bands are. Good morning, this morning. So, all right, so what are we going to do with the with the Kavanaugh report here, and are we going to be able to all see it? And, 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 and will we be able to all see it? And I think I actually think we ought to all be able to see it because 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 otherwise it, they're, not, they're not talking about like giving out one little one little copy of it and then all the senators are supposed to just basically uh, they're, they're all supposed to read it one at a time. It's like I don't want that to happen. Let's move this damn thing along. Let's get it rolling on here and, and stop wasting time. Mitch McConnell mentioning yesterday that they will be taking a cloture vote on Friday. The cloture vote basically is just a vote that cuts off debate. And cutting off debate isn't a bad thing. It's like them saying, okay, let's, you know what, to get off the pot here and take a vote to stop the back and forth over what's going to be going on. And, uh, Jimmy, you're right. Yeah, it's going to be leaked anyway. Who cares? I mean, the only thing the report will do because is is there's going to be something in there about a keg party or about, a about you know, Brett Kavanaugh having one too many beers or something. And then that's going to be – and they'll run away with that one. But it's not, it's not a big deal. And they'll just use that to keep aligning. And Brett Kavanaugh will be confirmed – and then the story will go away. They'll have to figure something else out. They're trying to drag this out for the midterms. They thought it was going to be a. They thought it was going to be a big deal. They thought it was going to be. Oh, this is going to be. This is going to help us in the midterms. This is going to be the end of it. We, we can we can portray the Republican Party as anti-woman, and we can. This will this will help us a lot. We'll throw out all these allegations and we'll squeak this out another month or so. Drag it out, and 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 uh, the white suburban female voter again. I it's still just bizarre that whole lie being told about the white suburban female voter. And they won't they won't stand for this. They they won't stand for those old white men defending a gang rapist. They thought this Me Too movement thing was going to work out well for them. And all it's doing is crumbling in front of their very eyes. I mean, you've got someone like... You've got someone like like Megyn Kelly, who, again, I'll double back on this a little bit because I just do, do want to share this. Because I'm so excited to announce my retooling of my respect for... Megyn Kelly. It's not just because I agree with her now. It's because she's actually doing the United States of America a huge service by standing up where I don't think otherwise uh, there are people who are wanting her to. I mean, she's been amazing over this this course of this stuff with Kavanaugh. It's been, it's been incredible. And again, as I pointed out before, Megyn Kelly isn't there uh, to... Uh, support Brett Kavanaugh, but she supports the truth. And this is wor- working out to be a disaster. I mean, these people in the Democratic Party would screw up a wet dream. They're so bad at this. 
And yeah, uh, the one, the polls that have been done in these states, Arizona, in uh, North Dakota, and in Tennessee, it's working out really well for the Republicans there. Heidi Heitkamp, for instance, uh, is a sitting Democrat senator, and she's down by 12 points. It's pretty bad, bad news for her. By 12 points. That's the latest poll from, from Fox. And, and, and then, uh, in the end, the only downside that we're seeing with the polls is what's happening in Missouri, where, in my opinion, Josh Hawley is underperforming. He's got uh, it's it's tied forty three to forty three. Now there, keep in mind there are uh, independents out there, people who are undecided. I still can't believe you're undecided though between um, between Claire McCaskill and Josh Hawley. I think the I think the uh, the damn the choice is pretty clear there. But anyway, forty three to forty three, and some people, some people might be saying, "Oh yeah, this is terrible for Claire McCaskill because she's an incumbent, and this is an off year election. It's a midterm, and normally the opposite party than that in the White House will always do better." And that's true. But in Missouri, nineteen percentage points pro Trump, Josh Hawley should be doing better. I'm sorry, I, he 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 should, and 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 uh, you know. That's just my my view of it. Now, you all can disagree, and, and I understand that there's probably some uh, some degree when it comes to your expertise about this that that uh, that there might be a defense of these numbers that show us them to be good numbers. But um, but man, uh, Josh Hawley should be doing better in the polls. Now, it, the margin of error is a three and a half percent margin of error, which is sizable by any stretch. So it could be Josh Hawley is up. You know, 46 and a half to Claire's 43, or Claire might be up 46 and a half to his 43. I don't know, but it's a margin of error there. Anyway, so where do we go with this FBI report? Who's allowed to read it and where? So apparently they're going to have this report in some, uh, well, I'll let NBC explain it. They, 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 they were on this morning trying to figure it out for us. Capitol Hill senators will be reviewing the FBI's report there today. And we've also got NBC News analyst Sean Henry, a former executive assistant director of the FBI. Good morning to By both. Way, did you see that uh, Sheila Jackson Lee and Dianne Feinstein, one of their former employees, was arrested yesterday for doxing Republican senators? He's been arrested, charged with multiple crimes. But he's the one who put the he used uh, the Wikipedia to put on the who put the addresses of Lindsey Graham, Mike Lee, and one other Republican senator up there on Wikipedia. The names and addresses. Uh, this is an environment where people are shooting people, uh, accosting people with knives, and threatening death. And and and, they, and this guy puts puts uh, this uh, on the web. And it gets tweeted out, and boom, they're off to the races. So anyway, he's been he's been placed under arrest. Casey, so so set the stage for us this morning. Lay out the TikTok. What's going to happen? Well, Hoda, in, it's a pretty unusual situation up on Capitol Hill. There's one copy of this report. It's going to be held in a in a safe in a. Sec- that's that's ridiculous. One copy of the report. Come on, I mean. Hell, it'll probably be leaked by the FBI, somebody in the FBI knowing some of those people over there. I mean, why? Why one copy? And so, what, so all these guys would they line up 
to enter some kind of secure room to read one copy of this thing? I, I actually, I, I actually don't believe this is going to be happening, but uh, it's it's hard to fathom the idea that one copy for a hundred senators, uh, and and let's say each one takes a half hour, uh, then you get long time. I'm sorry, you guys are talking to a guy that got a 390 on my SAT in math. I, I set the stage for you. You guys do the math. All right, so let's see. I don't even know how long the copy is. So let's say it takes an hour for a senator to read the copy, okay? At 100 senators, that's 100 hours. Or if it's a half hour to read it, it's 50 hours. Two days. Uh, 100 hour. if it's an hour, it's 100 hours. That's, okay, again, you do the math. I'm just telling you. Location and only senators and a handful of committee staff are going to be allowed to access. Yeah, it. That, that means it's going to be leaked. They'll, they'll, are they going to have their iPhones in there and they'll take pictures of it? And uh, the staffers, why, why they have staffers is beyond me. But again, the idea that only there's only one copy is pretty ridiculous. We're going to alternate hours starting at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Chuck Grassley, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, will have the first chance to take a look at it. Then Senator Feinstein, the ranking member, she's going to have a chance uh, at 9 a.m. And then they're going to alternate back and forth. First, Unbelievable how stupid this is. I mean, can, can we make this any more complicated than, than it already is? Let me go back and let her tell us exactly what's going to be happening here again. Let's see. The Judiciary Committee will have the first chance to take a look at it. Then Senator Feinstein, the ranking member, she's going to have a chance uh, at 9 a.m. And then they're going to alternate back and forth. First, the committee members, Republicans, then Democrats. Then that will open up to the full Senate. So we're going to start to get a sense throughout the morning as senators right. absorb this new information, how this might move forward. Yeah, well, anyway, we're all – listen, I think we ought to see the report, but it's not going to matter. It's going to be leaked Anyway, and so well, but but the problem with the leaking part of it is that the people who are going to be leaking it are, are the resistance. It's not going to be a Republican leaking uh, report because Republicans are uh, obey the rules, and so the people who are going to be leaking it are the members of the left. And when you uh, left wing, and when they release it, they're only going to leak the stuff that hurts Kavanaugh. If, if there's anything in there that hurts him, I mean, I guess presumably what a keg party's going to hurt him. I don't know. Are we kind of right back where we started in terms of there's a few swing votes, mm-hmm. people that might go yes or no, and it's still really just what they decide that will determine the outcome here? Kind That's of, absolutely right, Savannah. Yeah. It, it really just matters. Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and Jeff Flake, whether they to think to, that this come to investigation. That conclusion, Savannah? It's credible what they think of any new information that may be in it. Do they think these new interviews corroborate Dr. Ford's story? I will say that Republicans uh, have been sending signals, Republican leadership, that they believe this is going to be enough to get them the votes that they need to confirm Kavanaugh. Uh, But again, we still don't know enough yet about what's in this report to be able to say. And we'll bring in Sean Henry. Sean, the FBI has wrapped up its investigation. As Peter reported, they did not interview Dr. Ford or Judge Kavanaugh. Uh, just give us your assessment on, on that investigation. Well, I, I think it comes down to what this investigation was, was looking to prove. If, in fact, it was about determining whether this sexual allegation... the First of all, one thing that I have to say is that an investigation isn't supposed to be looking to prove anything. So an investigation isn't designed to 
to, uh, in this sense, go ahead and come to a conclusion about Ford, nor a conclusion about Kavanaugh. An investigation isn't designed to have a a mission to prove something. Uh, that is in the in the arms of prosecutors. And yes, the FBI will make compelling cases when they bring things to a prosecutor, but an FBI investigation isn't shouldn't be designed to prove anything. So, and this guy's this guy's a person who's been around the block when it comes to investigations, and that's an interesting way he uh, he puts it. Yeah. Anyway, if in fact it was about determining whether this sexual allegation, the assault, occurred or not, um, the first thing you want to do is interview the witness. Or- the, the the FBI can't determine whether or not the assault occurred or not. I mean, that that, that was Kavanaugh's whole point is that. You can get the FBI involved, but the FBI is not a determining body. They are not a determining source any more than a than a homicide detective is a determining source. Now, clearly they can come to certain conclusions and then make their case and then testify to what they found. But in law enforcement, the investigators never are the ones who are proving something. They're simply compiling information and presenting it to somebody. Now, obviously, they can suspect somebody. That's why they call them suspects. And then they can arrest somebody on suspicion of something. But they never arrest somebody on the guilt of something and never have. So I don't know. This guy is like really not telling the... At least at some point in the course of this investigation, you want to interview the the victim, Dr. Blasey Ford, because you cannot rely solely on the testimony that's provided in front of the Senate. Those things are done in five-minute increments, and investigators are trained to elicit information, and quite honestly, to determine the veracity of Dr. Blasey Ford. That's what... So how long did you think... I'm looking at her picture now. So she, at one point, and I'm looking at the uh, visual here, at one point, and I think, and, and, and clearly when we backtrack on this and we start to break it all down, it was pretty clear that Dr. Ford was, was really coached on her appearance and on her comportment and how she presented herself. I'm looking at a freeze frame of her now. Where and, and, and the idea here was to make it look like, especially with the hair in your face and all that kind of stuff, to make it look like you are as disheveled and as broken as possible. So you go, go before the Senate uh, committee, and first of all, the microphone is, uh, is a little bit away from you, and so you kind of lean into it like you've never seen a microphone before. And then you have this kind of disheveled look and, and, and voice and everything else. I'm noticing on one of these frames, frames I didn't notice this before, that at one point her hair is on the inside of her glasses. <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether you guys notice that or not, but her, but her hair, like her glasses are on, but her hair is inside of her glasses, like almost covering her eye, one of her eyes, and her hair is on the inside of her glasses. Now, uh, again, to me, and... and you know, listen, if something did happen to her, I feel bad about it. But to me, in looking at this, it's a complete acting job here. And, and actually, if you look at it more closely, you'll notice these little things 
like the hair falling in between her glasses and her eyes. And that's just like, that's not, there's nothing really authentic about that. I'm sorry, but there's no. If this was an investigation to determine the broader question, which is the suitability of Judge Kavanaugh to sit on the federal bench, that also appears to have fallen short in that there were many uh, credible witnesses who've come forward, who've talked about some of the uh, description. I'm surprised. I'm sorry. I can't, I'm not really listening to you, Sean. Sorry about that. I'm surprised that she didn't have like her glasses crooked or something, you know? Like, like, because because she was on her way to looking like a a Picasso painting, you know, <laughs> where you had one eye up here, one eye down there, and yeah. Anyway, I'm being cruel. I think at this point, sorry. He's in I'm his just, test. I'm just saying it's really weird. But they know. One thing I'll say here is I, I don't think we should judge anybody solely on uh, entries in a yearbook from when they were in high school or excessive drinking in college. You've got to look at the totality of the candidate's background. Yeah. But- Thank you for that on NBC News this morning. That It's amazing, though, how. Uh, well, no, Melissa Monet would have been more uh, impressionistic. It would be, well, did Monet do stuff like that? I don't think so. But it was Picasso who did like the Cubist stuff, right? Um, I mean, he did some really beautiful things, but he went through periods of uh, of his artistic prowess. And there was Picasso who would do kind of uh, he, he was into not only uh these scenes and and these and these visuals and landscapes and things but then he also did uh you know Guinevere and all these beautiful paintings but sometimes he would do these I think it was like cubist you know faces and things like Monet was more of the impressionistic thing they did uh, they, they they there was a style there during those times like pointillism you know, where you were, you were dotting the canvas and creating these different images through pointillism. And, and that, was, that was Monet and Degas and those guys, those people. Renoir. Oh, yeah. Love that. You want to talk art? I'll talk art with you if you want to. You can talk art all you want. Uh, we call Monet's when you get up close and you can't make it out. Gotcha. That, yeah, that's that's okay. There you go. I didn't know that there was that little inside scoop on uh, on the on the Monet thing, but yeah, definitely Cubism brand. Yeah. If you have people who come forward who are credible, who discount and contradict testimony of somebody who is sitting in front of the Senate <laughs> for an appointment to the Supreme Court, you've got to determine the veracity and the credibility of that of that candidate. It's amazing how the tide has turned. So incredibly awfully for the news media and for other people. Now they just are forced into this mode of of surrender. Now that 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 I mean, if you've you've got Don Lemon with his pink lipstick on, moping about the idea that Kavanaugh is going to be confirmed, I think you've won the battle at that point. I mean, when you have him in his little depressed. Eye fluttering. Oh my God! It looks like he's going to be. Yeah, I mean that's 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 your that's where you've lost. And then, unfortunately, what happens is Kavanaugh gets confirmed. And let's say even if he doesn't, then you got another. Uh, Lindsey Graham said we'll re we'll reappoint him, or they'll come up with somebody else. The bottom line is this has been a unmitigated disaster for not only the left, not only the Democratic Party, but also for the news media. This has been. 
this has been one of those situations where they definitely completely and totally overplayed their hands. And you're getting this kind of analysis on, on NBC. And NBC actually is doing some of the best reporting on this that I've been able to, I, I, I've been able to find. I mean, I'm, I'm just amazed at, at what they're doing and, and, and how they're telling this story. And I think Megan Kelly, and again, yesterday I showed her a considerable amount of love, and I think the day before that too, Megan Kelly has probably done some of the best work in terms of telling the common sense story and illuminating the reality here. I was, I've just been amazed. What one thing she did yesterday was when this, the New York Times uh, printed out a letter that they somehow received. It was a letter that he was writing as, uh, as a teenager, Brett Kavanaugh, was planning a beach vacation with friends in the summer of 83, all right? And basically, well, I'll let, I'll let Megan lay it out here. Megan Kelly is on her Today show on NBC News uh, and, and Megan Kelly Today or whatever, that, whatever they call her show. And she's got a lot of women in her audience, who these women are apparently the ones who what the Democratic Party depended on uh, to vote Democrat because of the Kavanaugh issue, right? But that's not going to happen now, and that that never was going to happen because women don't just vote. I mean, this this soft bigotry of low expectations regarding women and blacks, and even for that matter, Hispanics, whatever minority you want to talk about, is so ridiculous and offensive. When you expect women, just because somebody makes an allegation, to believe that person because she's a woman, that's not how, well, not how most of the women I know operate. I mean, you're talking about women who voted for President Trump in spite of the fact that he might have said something on a bus with Billy Bush. I mean, you have a guy who uh, evangelicals voted for him in spite of the fact that he couldn't adequately quote a Bible passage. And it's because neither of these entities cared about those things. What they cared about is whether or not, with the evangelicals, the president was going to protect their liberties uh, and and protect them. And for the women, uh, they care about whether or not President Trump is going to be good for the country, good for their families, good for the economy, good for peace, and all those things. So whatever he said on the, on the bus, the idea that women are going to suddenly say, well, we can't vote for him. Those, they, they, they came out in droves for the guy. And same goes here. The, 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 I, I'm so tired of seeing these left-wing hack guys out there. It's never a woman. It's always a guy who talks about the white suburban female voter and how they're going to turn on President Trump. It's always, it's always a guy. And it's like, dude, you, don't, you, you have no idea. I mean, just because you're talking to some chick in your newsroom doesn't mean that it's really going to happen. Anyway, Megyn Kelly is a white suburban female voter, right? She's a pro uh, in the media, but she's a white suburban female voter, okay? So if you want to get the ultimate poll of white suburban female voters, if you really want to go there, uh, why don't you take the answer that Megyn Kelly has to this letter 
that it's supposed to reveal that Brett Kavanaugh was going to a keg party and was looking forward to it, okay? Yeah. Can I just say, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. If you read this whole letter, you will be so impressed at this, the responsibility of this young man saying to his roommates, this is when the lease needs to be paid. This, it has to be paid in cash. Do it up front. Have to be respectful. Have to do this. These are the rules of the house. And then he puts a postscript on there, a PS saying, hey, by the way, it's a joke. It's a joke. This does not help anyone's case. And the New York Times, they should not be focused on that. Okay. Wow. That's my take on the letter. I really feel. She, she took the, she took the letter or whatever it was that it was printed out out of there and crumpled it up and threw it onto the floor. So I don't know. There's one white suburban female voter who doesn't really give a rip about this letter or what the New York Times is saying. That doesn't mean she's a Trump supporter necessarily, but uh, or even for that matter, a Kavanaugh supporter. She's a supporter of the truth, as I think most people are, women, men, what have you. This is going to tick off the American people going after him nit by nit as to the number of beers he drank, the number of kegs they had when he was in college. Yeah. There's your white suburban female voter. And not only that, Megyn Kelly didn't stop there. She was uh, going again after the allegations from uh, this Julie Swetnick character who had the... uh, you know, her, her with the gang rape charges and everything else. Now, did, is Megyn Kelly mocking her? Because yeah, I don't know. I know when the president tells the truth, he's mocking her. But uh, but what Megyn Kelly does, I guess that's not called mocking. I don't know. But mock and away. This third woman, Julie Swetnick, who I don't even have time to get into her, her hot mess of a testimonial. But I, I'm no longer even including her in the accusers. I mean, honestly... It, she, her allegations have gone so far off the rails and her credibility issues are so severe. And it's I think we should stop talking and about her. This- I have refused to report Julie Swetnick's allegations on this show, uh, which Avenatti teased for a week before he dropped them on us. Um, you know, you don't tease alleged gang rape, right? Uh, so I haven't been talking about Julie Swetnick. And then when we finally got to hear her and hear about her background. It was very clear this woman has severe credibility problems. Let's just stop talking about her. You know, I'm I'm really actually pleased that uh, after four years, basically, of uh, of of not playing, was it four years? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, maybe, maybe three, uh, three years of of just not playing Megyn Kelly sound bites because she was so revolting in her anti-Trumpism and her weirdness and her self-absorption that I, I, I just didn't want to uh, play her sound bites. And now I'm back to actually playing Megyn Kelly sound bites. And so I'm celebrating the return of Megyn Kelly to the Radio Free Almond product uh, for the time being. I'll, I'll give, her, uh, give her that. Amy's pointing out that Lindsey Graham has been rehabilitated too. Yeah, it's true. I mean, he's... Again, uh, you got to give these people props because ultimately it becomes a situation where you, you, you have to face up to the truth. You, you, you just can't even – you have to be a completely terrible, horrible person to just simply buy into somebody's allegations like this just on the, on the basis of you despising the person 
who not only is appointed or the person appointing him, at some point, even the looniest among us have to just kind of say, yeah, that's, that's some bull right there. <laughs> I mean, that's just some, that's some stuff right there. At some point, you just have to kind of, you know, you have to face up to it and you have to, you have to deal with it. And I think Lindsey Graham is one. I think Lindsey Graham was, is free uh, now that John McCain is gone to, 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 to run about the, the cabin. And that's good news for common sense. There's another story out there, though, that, first of all, I don't know how you really lie under oath about drinking. I guess you can. Let's, let's say that uh, Christine Ford uh, had more than one beer that night. Let's just pretend that that's the case, and she only says she had one beer. Uh, I guess that's technically lying under oath. But Brett Kavanaugh had a uh, freshman year roommate, one of them at least, and he was on with Anderson Cooper, and uh, and and he says that Brett Kavanaugh, well, he stood up uh, under oath and lied about his drinking, and lied about the meaning of the words in his yearbook, the alumnus thing, without hesitation or reservation, and so this is kind of the last minute guy. Uh, who is um, who's coming forward to try to smear Kavanaugh. Now, it just so happens that this guy, his name is James Roach, uh, is, the, is the friend of none other than Ramirez. Deborah Ramirez is the one who claims that he pulled his pants down and all that kind of stuff. Now, keep in mind, you have three people who have offered zero proof of any of this stuff happening. And this is the one time that anything's been corroborated is this guy saying that Kavanaugh uh, lied about his drinking. He's over with Anderson Cooper here. So, oh, hold on. Let me see. What did they do here? Oh, I'm sorry. And I know from my experience. I'm sorry from the beginning here. Uh, and uh, Debbie Ramirez from Debbie Ramirez. Uh, uh, and I know from my experience with her that that uh, at least from my perspective, there is zero chance that she is making up this story. And I heard uh, Dr. Blasey Ford's or I read Dr. Blasey Ford's testimony. And I heard some of it later. And, I, you know, and I believe that she's telling the truth. But then when Brett started saying things about his drinking uh, and his uh, uh, use of uh, certain words, uh, sexually oriented words. You know, I knew he was he was lying because he was my roommate. You know, we 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 were in a room together. Our beds were ten feet apart uh, for a couple of months. Uh, and it, what struck me and, and made me more uh, interested in, in uh, speaking out about it is is not only did I know that he wasn't telling you know the truth. I knew that he knew that he wasn't telling the truth. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe James Roach. Can you imagine being being Brett Kavanaugh's roommate and having to deal with the fact that women dug Brett Kavanaugh a lot more than they dug you? That'd be hard. So I get it. I understand that this uh, individual has uh, a little bit of angst going for him. And, you know, he says he has no doubt that De- Deborah Ramirez is telling the truth. But then again, he has, again, zero proof that there is any validity is zero proof at all. Zero proof at all. And, and, that, and that's why these guys are 
this whole story is going south and why Kavanaugh will be confirmed. And you've got people, again, this, 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 this issue, I mean, in some ways, as much as I am, uh, as this whole thing has upset us and has kind of uh, just, just made us angry about things, there really has been some good things that have come out of this. And I, and I hope if, if, if the Judge Kavanaugh is confirmed uh, as a Supreme Court justice, it'll be a complete and total victory. But you have to imagine that in this situation here, uh, you have journalists, uh, people like Megyn Kelly and other individuals who suddenly have rediscovered objectivity or at least common sense when it comes to reporting on certain things. You have finally a situation where the cup of fake news and phony allegations has indeed runneth over. Actually, we've reached a point where the rubber band has snapped. And so that's kind of a good thing as far as I'm concerned, where we're seeing people who otherwise were just kind of uh, trolling the president now actually saying, I don't know, this isn't right, what's going on here. So you have that positive thing going as you have these uh, journalists that have been uh, have been actually doing real reporting, some of them. And, and, and then you also have the upside here, uh, thankfully, I think, for women who are really victims of sexual assault to the point where, you know, initially what happened was is she, uh, Ford, I think in her ridiculousness and her fakery, and her weird acting and everything else she was doing was actually demeaning and undercutting the real suffering of, of real sexual assault victims. And uh, so, you know, like the next time somebody makes an allegation, let's say somebody makes an allegation about another Supreme Court justice or uh, makes an allegation about another nominee and it's real. Uh, it'll be cast automatically into doubt because of what happened here. And I don't think that's a good thing either. I think if you really were a person who was abused and you have a story to tell, I would hate for the idea that somehow you are being looked upon automatically as a liar. That's, that's not a good development. But if Dr. Ford is blown out of the water at the level that she's about to be blown out of the water here with this Kavanaugh vote, it's going to be good news for people who really actually have had situations that hurt them and, and everything else. The other really interesting thing to come out of this is the former CNN people and otherwise, I guess, credible journalists coming out and credible people coming out and saying, yeah, CNN really kind of sucks because you had a situation where Jeff Greenfield went on CNN and said to Stetler, Stelter or whatever the hell his name is, he said, you guys really don't seem to be uh, really don't seem to be reporting the news fairly. You seem to really have an aggression towards this president. And some of that might be warranted in terms of questioning him, but you really do kind of go overboard. 
And that's Jeff Greenfield, who, when he was at ABC, I mean, Jeff Greenfield was uh, had no peers when it came to the kind of reporting that he did. He was a, he was a good uh, he was a good reporter and a, and, a, and a real seemingly objective guy. I know when I was going to when I was in school in my younger years in journalism, I had a lot of respect for for him. And actually, he just happens to be an alumnus of uh, University of Wisconsin, I think, too. And then you had Ted Turner, who founded CNN, saying, yeah, you guys have kind of lost your balance. You're not really a semblance of what we were when we first started here, and uh, it's not good. And then we had a Ted Koppel. So Ted Koppel is um, on this thing called the Kalb Report Forum. And uh, and Ted Koppel decided he was going to unload on Stelter 2 and CNN. I think that we've left out a key. By the way, uh, the Kalb Report is a, a old man Bernard Kalb. And Bernard Kalb is another one of those old soldiers back in the day and you never you never knew how where they stood on stories you just never knew it uh, the 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 and even if they did have opinions on it they they found the way to keep them really quite uh separate ted koppel actually was in a little different situation because ted koppel had nightline and nightline was a quasi journalism quasi uh, point of view program. I mean, it was it was a late night program, and it was clear that Ted Koppel had a certain level of uh, 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 of a point of view on things, and so it wasn't necessarily surprising. But for guys like Bernard Kalb and these other guys, they were just old journalists who just never really, never really knew where they stood. But anyway, this is Koppel on. Uh, everybody here keeps talking about ideology and politics, money. 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 Donald Trump has been very, very good for baseball. <laughs> he has been wonderful for the industry. Your boss acknowledged as much a number of number of months ago during the campaign. Les Moonves, Donald Trump, was, huh? It was Les Moonves who acknowledged it. Les Moonves <laughs> also acknowledged it, but so did the head of CNN. But that means what? That, that if ratings are up, that means what? That, oh, the ratings are up. It means you can't do without Donald Trump. You would be lost without Donald Trump. <laughs> and, he's, and he's right about that. And because because what, what CNN has decided to do, and, and keep in mind their ratings, by the way, have sunk 24% over a year. So, so the, the problem is they, for a while there, might think that, that, that Donald Trump and the attacks on him will keep them afloat. But what they're finding is the attacks on him are losing audience. But nonetheless, President Trump has been hugely important for pretty much everybody. This, this is a guy who really has, uh, has the, the media ought to be thanking President Trump for making things remotely interesting. That's what he says. Ted, you know that's not true. CNN's ratings would be in the toilet without Donald Trump. <laughs> you know that's not true. You're going, mean, it's, it's totally true. I mean, they're already in the toilet if you compare them to last year, but it's completely true. And so, you know, Ted Koppel, you could say, I know people don't. I mean, Ted Koppel is... I, I know he's 
a liberal guy. You can tell, and he's he's come out before and said stuff, and so I I, I totally get it. And uh, JP, oh yeah, JP, the, the cow. The, you're pointing out JP Soto. What's up, buddy? Uh, the, you're pointing out the uh, see. There's Bernard Calv and Marvin Calb. And I'm assuming this guy, the Calb report, is uh, is Bernard. But but I thought, uh, you know, I, I I thought that the uh, I maybe it's not because they were brothers. There was Marvin, and there was Bernard. I don't know. <laughs> Marvin Calb, you know those guys. So anyway, this, this whole uh, little consortium here continued, and what was crazy about this is, and this is where the journalists wind up in the same kind of position as uh, the Democrats, is they always talk too damn much, and they wind up just ruining everything for themselves. And so they wind up overplaying their hand at all levels. So Stelter, after... Uh, rejecting Ted Koppel's claim that CNN is obsessed. Oh, they're both commies, huh, JP? Okay, I didn't know that. Whatever. Uh, I never knew that, so I, I didn't know that when I watched Marvin or Bernard Kalb reporting, but I, who knows? But anyway, uh, Stelter, after refuting Koppel's claim that he some that CNN is obsessed with uh, with with Trump and obsessed negatively with President Trump, uh, then proceeds to start talking and proves every single point the couple is making. That's how stupid these people are. They have no if, – if the Democrats – I'm talking about the left-wing Democrats and the news media had any level of self-awareness, their lives would be so much better. They, they, they would be so – less exposed to ridicule than they are right now. But, boy, they, they're, they're just absolutely just incurable. Yeah, here's, here's Stellar. And then, of course, on the right, there is an alternative universe, uh, a partisan press uh, that, that is propagandistic in support of the president. Uh, but I think you're right. He loves the press. He loves engaging with the press. But he wants his fans to hate the press at the same time. He is the leader of a hate movement <laughs> against the press that we haven't seen before. I mean, you're 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 a you're a journalist, and 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 actually, your gig is reliable sources. Okay, uh, you're you're on reliable sources, and you're calling the president a leader of a hate movement. Now, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, it doesn't take much to hate the media. It doesn't take much. All you have to do is watch it, watch CNN, watch some of these programs, and and it doesn't take much for you to come to the conclusion that these are some pretty partisan left-wing people. So Stelter, for, for a lot of us, President Trump is only reconfirming what we already know. President Trump isn't telling me that CNN is the enemy or the New York Times or the Washington Post. He isn't telling me that. I knew that already. He's just reaffirming it, which I love. All right, so now we have the situation is that um, Ronan Farrow is out with yet another report. And this time, uh, Ronan Farrow is unbelievably discrediting Deborah Ramirez's story. 
Now, 10 days ago, you might recall that Pharaoh and this uh, Jane Meyer person uh, actually did debunk Ramirez's story as they reported on it. So, so they basically came out and said, Ramirez claims that during a drunken dorm party, Kavanaugh flashed her in her face. And, of course, farther down in the story, they admitted there were problems with the story. So the, the, the problems that were already established were that Ramirez admits she was drunk that night. Uh, and that for 35 years, she says she couldn't remember who exposed himself to her. For 35 years. Couldn't remember. Who, who exposed himself to her? And so uh, on top of that, uh, she sat down for six days with her lawyer, who is a Democrat politician, to refresh her memory. And now Ramirez also is uh, an activist Democrat. Admits she has gaps in her memories of the evening and that she became drunk and was on the floor slurring her words. <laughs> I mean, how, you know, and, and that was all in the story, by the way, that got reported as a legit accusation against Kavanaugh. And all the witnesses now, and this is the latest reporting here, all the witnesses named by Ramirez to back up her account have come now on the side of Kavanaugh. So Ronan Farrow, otherwise known as Sinatra's son, young blue eyes, Ronan Farrow spoke to five former classmates who should have, according to Ramirez, corroborated her claims. And all five of them, including Ramirez's best friend at the time, say they don't remember anything about it. And, 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 and more than one has said, I don't really believe that he'd even, he'd even do something like that. And, and, and then, like Ford, it turns out that Ramirez had been calling her former classmates and actually trying to say, ask them, was that, are you, was that Kavanaugh? Because uh, I, I, I think that it is... Uh, I think that, that it's, it's uh, I, I can't remember. So she's admitting that she can't remember. I mean, this is unbelievable. Uh, and, and so this is a situation where, you know, this story is completely falling apart. And now the very people who reported it to begin with are the ones who are breaking it down. So now there's additional reporting from Pharaoh and that even this idea that uh, that the other guy heard from somebody that it was Kavanaugh, the secondhand source was anonymous. So this time, though, Pharaoh actually revealed that person, and his name is James Hastings Nichols, who is a seminary professor at Princeton. And Nichols reiterated to Pharaoh that he is 100% certain he was told by somebody else that Kavanaugh exposed himself to Ramirez, and then he was told this no more than two days after it happened. 
I can corroborate Debbie's account, he told The New Yorker. I believe her because it matches the same story I heard 35 years ago, although the two of us have never talked. Again, the problem, though, is that Nichols isn't a witness. He didn't see it happen, and somebody else told him it happened. And the person who supposedly told Nichols about the incident has no memory of it. So, so Farrell continues to report on things, but not recognizing that he's he's uh, scooping himself in terms of, of of burying all the really important, relevant stuff that blows his initial story out of the water. And again, I maintain this when Ronan Farrell came out uh, with the story to begin with: is that Farrell allowed himself to be be used by this bring down Kavanaugh movement. And it's unfortunate because Pharaoh is a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist now. And he uh, did a lot of legit reporting and everything else. And uh, man. So he said, uh, this Nichols guy said he had not been able to get any response from that person despite multiple attempts to do so. The New Yorker did reach the classmate. And the classmate did confirm he had no memory of the incident whatsoever. None. I mean, that's just, uh, that's just incredible. But that's how things are going now. That's how things are going. All right, so we're going to get to, let me just get some, uh, to take a little break here real quickly and uh, get on with our bad self here. We, we, I, I, I can tell you. I've got the line in on the... On the Radio Free Almond hoodies. And we're getting those in order. I don't know whether we're going to have the Radio Free Almond knit hats or not. We'll see. Thank you to Naputi Wellness, Eric Naputi, NaputiWellness.com, where you go for all of your health care needs that. You don't want band-aided with narcotics and drugs and all that kind of stuff. You want to be able to get help for your PTSD or your ADD, ADHD, or your migraine headaches. He can resolve it by going right to your spinal cord. gets right to the very essence of what's up with you. So thank you, Dr. Deputy, DeputyWellness.com. Appreciate all that. Hope you enjoyed when Jason came in from Golden Oak, 567-GOLD, 314-567-GOLD. You see this in financial news. Jeff Bezos decided to raise starting wages to $15 an hour. 15 bucks an hour for warehouse workers. And there are analysts who say that could trigger a corporate bidding war for workers, which is exactly the kind of thing that President Trump was trying to order up. They're not giving credit to President Trump. who is purposely turning off the immigrant spigot to force people to hire American 
is is now forcing a lot of companies, it seems, to recruit extra workers by offering wage raises. And keep in mind, the, the liberal way was initially to somehow artificially raise them and have the government raise them. But Christmas time is going to be a crazy time and a good time for the American worker. Amazon wants to hire $100,000, $15 an hour seasonal workers to add on to their 215000 workforce they already have of $15 an hour warehouse workers. And you've got UPS, Walmart, Sears, Target, who are all needing possibly half a million extra workers for their Christmas seasons. And the fact that the economy is booming, this is how this is happening, folks. This is this is where you see a, a trickle down. Because with Americans having more buying power and with people having more ability uh, to uh, spending more money because they have more money in their pocket thanks to tax breaks, thanks to their own wage increases at their work, thanks to promotions, thanks to their businesses just absolutely going crazy. Thanks to all of that, they're spending money. And the people who are benefiting the most, and I'm talking about like if you look at the stock market right now, the stocks of companies that are uh, that are in retail, like the retail sector of our economy, is just going crazy. Uh, Target, Walmart. It appears that even Toys R Us might be coming back. I mean, that that's you know, Toys R Us was supposed to be going out of business, right? Now it appears Toys R Us might actually be coming back. I'll tell you about that in a second. So uh, uh, Jim Cramer, uh, uh, which is who's, who does the financial show, he said, uh, welcome to the world of full employment. If you want employees, you're going to have to pay them because there's a lot of competition out there. So the people who are all spending the money out there, thanks to this Trump economy, are now trickling it down into the retail sector. And when that happens, the retail sector is facing a lot more demands for their goods and demands for uh, to produce these goods. And so when they're doing that, they need more help. I mean, the idea that these 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 five different companies are possibly going to be hiring a hundred thousand people when they when when like for instance, Amazon only has uh, two hundred and fifteen thousand employees. And the the fifteen thousand uh, two hundred fifty thousand employees, they're hiring a hundred thousand just for the season. That that's a sign that people are spending a ton of money. So Amazon's organic wage hike at fifteen dollars an hour. Again, this was done without the government, without anybody telling them to. Amazon's fifteen dollar wage hike has basically just blown away the low-wage, low-productivity thing that's going on. And so there's a lot of e-commerce fulfillment centers that are doing great. And not only that, but the people actually who are having to uh, man the cash registers, the increase is there. And so 
that's good news. And this was all done because of the economy we're seeing right now and people spending money. Uh, they're, they're showing that the Bureau of Labor Statistics now show that the nation's workforce of new and experienced warehouse workers got an average of $15 an hour uh, back in the old days. Uh, and, and now we're back to that, to, to that, that wage strength that was dissipated, actually, because of an increase in, uh, in immigrants. And uh, so basically Bezos with Amazon originally wanted amnesty for 2 million DACA illegals. And President Trump said, no, uh, we're not going to do that. And so, you know, what happened is Bezos wrote Trump a letter and said, you know, we write to urge Congress to act immediately and pass a permanent bipartisan legislative solution to enable dreamers who are currently living, working, and contributing to our communities to continue doing so. The imminent termination of the DACA program is creating an impending crisis for workforces across the country. That's Amazon saying that. We need these illegals to get amnesty so we can hire them. And Trump said, um... Check this out, Jeff. You can bite me. How does that sound? And Bezos is like, oh, damn it. Now what am I going to do? Well, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to hire Americans. And you know what you're going to have to do in order to get the Americans? You're going to have to pay them a good wage. So, uh, like for instance, in, in 2008, the average warehouse wage was $15 an hour. Right now, it's at $17.60 an hour. So Bezos is still being cheap, but at least he's attempting to be competitive. Uh, there's, a, there's a company that uh, has distribution centers for uh, brands like Express and Abercrombie and & Fitch. What up, Mike Hobbs? Alabama! Roll Tide! Although I'm not quite sure you're the Crimson Tide guy, right? Because we have, um, I think your, your, your sister is the Crimson Tide guy, Christy. I mean, gal, right? And you are the other team. That's what I love about Alabama. Mike, by the way, I missed you guys in, at the beach. We usually go down to uh, the Gulf Coast uh, for vacation, but uh, missed you guys down there this time because we went to Italy. So kids had a good time, but they miss your kids, and I miss you too, Mike. Mike's a good guy, and Connie and all the rest of the gang. Hey, this uh, Radial Incorporated, so it's a Pennsylvania company that has distribution centers for Express and Abercrombie & Fitch. They're going to increase wages and bonuses. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, I know, buddy. That's your sister. Yip, 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 yip. But that's, I, I love, if you guys go and Google the, uh, Google the game between, why, why am I, why am I missing the uh, other guys? Um, uh, hold on. I can't believe I, I missed, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, 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 I've got caught off guard. But we've got um, Crimson Tide, and then we have uh, – who are the other guys? Because they, 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 uh, they beat the Crimson Tide. 
in that game, and it drove everybody crazy. Let me see. What was the what was the name of the what was the name of the team that that beat finally beat uh, the the Crimson Tide? Auburn, yeah, Auburn. Okay, that was fun. If you watch these, if you watch these videos of that game between Auburn and the Crimson Tide, and you watch all these families watching it together, because in every family in 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 uh, in Alabama, there's a division. It's not Republican Democrat. It's Crimson Tide and Auburn. And man. When first of all, when the Crimson Tide Auburn fans are Auburn fans, and Mike, you know they might lose here, they might lose there, and, and that's fine. But you, but the Crimson Tide loses, and those people who are Crimson Tide fans, they go into an apoplectic fit. They will have none of that baloney with with the Crimson Tide losing. They hate that. Drives them crazy. Used to be Notre Dame was. Uh, you know, they started losing so much, people just kind of accepted it. But, And by the way, speaking of losing, uh, one more thing before I get back to the economy thing. So uh, last night I had the pleasure and kind of the displeasure of watching, once again, a former Cardinal being a, a stud for another team. And I don't know whether you guys uh, watched the, uh, the, the, the Yankees game at all. I was watching the Yankees and the A's. And I, I have to tell you, I'm a little bit torn because uh, I, I do love the Yankees. I think they're going to win the World Series. And actually, I, I hope they do, actually. Um, I'm not one of these people who believes just because the Cardinals are in the National League that the National League ought to win the World Series. I don't. That's that has zero meaning to me. And so I hope the Yankees win because I love excellence. Uh, I love the fact that they have a, they have a big payroll, and I love the fact that they have major stars on their team. And that's the way it should be. I don't complain about payrolls and that kind of stuff. But let me tell you something. So I, so once again. I'm watching the Yankees game and the A's, and uh, they're all tied up. And then the person who who breaks it out, who decides he's going to be the game hero, is none other than a, a former Cardinal. And I don't know whether you guys remember Luke Voigt or not. He grew up in Wildwood, went to Lafayette High School, and now, uh, and, and was with the uh, Cardinals a year ago. And the Cardinals traded him for a couple of people. I don't even know where they are now. I think they're still in Memphis, the, the, the people that we uh, uh, traded. And, and Luke Voigt was a, a great kid. I mean, he was, the guy is like, uh, is, is, a, is, is very passionate. And even some of the pictures you drop, if you, like if you Google, or being Luke Voigt, the pictures that will come up are him with his fist in the air in a St. Louis Cardinals uniform. And you're like, oh, no, really? So I'm going to have to go through another postseason watching former Cardinals becoming crazily excellent in their, in their fields. And so Luke Voigt, uh, you know, he, yeah, he thought he hit a home run, but actually it was just a triple. But it was not just a triple. It was a game winner. But, but nonetheless... Uh, he thought he won a home run. He hit a home run, so he's like pumping his fist, like I hit a home run, and he didn't. But they hazed him in the in the dugout. But that was about it. But uh, but Luke Voigt. Now, if that wasn't enough, then they put up a stat. 
that had Luke Voigt's name in it, and it was a stat letting us know who the top baseball performers, the top producers uh, in August were. And they put up a stat, and you have Luke Voigt's name up there, and guess who else's name was up there? Tommy Pham. And you're thinking, oh, man, really? Tommy Pham, a former Cardinal. Now, again, I like uh, John Mozalek. I, I, think he's, I think he's been an excellent general manager, and I think he's really good at what he does. I think he's very smart. And baseball is a very tricky business. You can't always predict how people are going to go, what people are going to do. Uh, and you, and certainly you can't predict who's going to be a breakout star or whatever. Uh, Luke was a a good hitter, uh, and he was an excellent hitter. With the, I'm not quite sure why we traded him, and I think part of it was that we had too many people uh, in the outfield or whatever he's playing, and we had too many people as it is. So I think we got rid of him for that reason. But uh, for the most part, uh, it's another season, another postseason watching former Cardinals uh, being heroes in the postseason. I'm just saying that, but I, I don't blame Mozeliak for that. I'm just saying. All right, so this uh, company that operates the distribution centers for brands such as Express and Abercrombie Fitch, they're increasing their wages and bonuses by 10% to 15% this year. And the reason they're doing that is to attack attract 20,000 seasonal workers. And so the seasonal work force is going to be gigantic this year. And the reason why the seasonal workforce is going to be gigantic this year is because spending is going to be crazy this year. And the reason why spending is going to be crazy this year is because people have more money in their pockets. And the reason why people have more money in their pockets is because of the economic measures put forth by President Trump. And, of course, for that matter, Congress, which was uh, basically at, at some point even they have to start getting it about this uh, economy. And uh, let's see. Connie is – I can't really read your statement here. Uh, uh, they already threw a bunch of co-managers out, and now we are hearing big announcements coming in January. The employees who have been with the company for 20 years or more are going to get some kind of buyout. If they aren't ready for retirement, they can stay at a starting rate, which is 11 and $12 an hour. Uh, most of them now make 18 to 20. Where is that, Connie? I wish you could uh, – let me see. Where, where is it, if you don't mind me? So not everybody, I guess, is benefiting. But listen, when you have Toys R Us possibly coming back, I mean, that, that's a sign that people are starting to buy again and that maybe Toys R Us, the only, uh, the only problem they've been having is that, that, uh, that they just didn't know how to – they didn't have a good business plan. Uh, so, so now what they're doing is uh, they've got a, there's a bankruptcy auction that was going to take place with Toys R Us, and they said, actually, we're not going to do that. We're not, we're not going to do that. We, we're going to try to make a comeback now. And so now they're going to go right after Amazon in the, in the online market. And people are going, yeah, you should have been – you should have been uh, – Oh, yeah, Connie, it's Walmart? Yeah. So the economy's great, but Walmart decides they're not going to participate in it, huh? They're going to go ahead and try to squeak out as much profit as they possibly can. I don't know. I guess you can't blame them for that, but they're 
laying people off when they and lowering wages when they really probably don't need to. All right, so Toys R Us, the problem that Toys R Us had was that they decided that they were going to have the stores, the brick-and-mortar stores, and nobody's going into brick-and-mortar stores anymore for that kind of stuff. Uh, And so uh, Toys R Us missed out on the ability to compete with Amazon because they didn't have much going on with them uh, as it relates to the online stuff. And so they decided, you know, um, to go ahead and beg off on online and said, we'll just keep the stores open. And nobody went into the stores. So they missed out on an opportunity. Now they're going back after bankruptcy and, uh, and saying, we're not going to do a bankruptcy auction. We're actually going to relaunch as an online-focused kind of operation, and we're going to do it that way. And by the way, Mama Kay... Thanks for the info last night. I remember I was telling you guys about my uh, uh, my new. Uh, let me hear. Oh man, can I recover my money I invested in them if they if they did this? So, so Mama Kay, we had a meeting last night regarding the um, haunted STL tours, which uh, hopefully is going to turn into something big. But anyway, I told you a while back that I had invested in this company called Hyperdynamics. It was, I had like a grand and I was like, I'll just, uh, I'll pull it out of, uh, I had some investment in some kind of uh, um, voiceover IP operation and then just moved it over to this Hyperdynamics. Somebody told me I should. Somebody gave me, I don't remember who it was, but yeah, you're going to invest in Hyperdynamics. They have, uh, uh, they've, they're offshore drilling and they're Houston based and the oil boom is going to be happening. And so this was like three or four years ago that I did that. And then slowly but surely, the, the, I think the stock started at like 15. And then you could see it going down, 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 down until, until finally it was like a dollar. I'm going, oh, Lord, this has been a disaster. So now it turns out, and this is an old story, actually. So uh, Mama Kay decided to look it up. So now uh, uh, Hyperdynamics on uh, last year filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. So what they did was they, uh, they, they their, their investment company backed out of this deal because earlier the, in the year before that, Hyperdynamics uh, was drilling in New Guinea. I was like, oh, yeah, there's probably – Oil in New Guinea. I've got apparently, it turns out I've got more oil in my back pocket than I do in, they do in New Guinea. So they drilled into this, uh, into this seafloor in New Guinea and the well was completely dry. And, and so they thought, well, okay, um, even if that's a failure, what we'll do is we'll, we'll maybe go below the seabed there of New Guinea. And, and, and maybe if New Guinea can just grant us a two-year appraisal period so that we can figure out what's going on, maybe they can help us. And New Guinea's like going, nah, I'm not gonna, we're not going to do that. And so it turns out that they didn't do that. And, uh, and so they lost their investors. Now, is there a way 
do you all know anything about this? And maybe you can help me out. Uh, or I can, maybe I can get the FBI to investigate it and, and, and help me out when they're done with the whole Kavanaugh hearing. Uh, maybe there is a possibility that I can recover some of my money if, like, they went like, – do you think I could – do you think I could uh, – could do that? Could I get my money back in any way, shape, or form? Or, or if I invested a company, it goes bankrupt. That's my problem, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not a whiner. I mean, it's, it's my fault I invested in them. But if for some reason they were over, I don't know. I don't have the time to, to work it, you know? Latest poll out, the daily presidential tracking poll. President Trump's numbers uh, at 50%. 37% strongly approve of the way Trump is performing. Uh, 40% strongly disapprove. And so basically he's at a very high approval rating right now. And it's, and it's no wonder. That's good news. Because it's coming simultaneously with the latest report that the jobless claims have dropped to a 49-year low. A 49-year low. So you have the number of Americans filing for unemployment benefits falling to a near 49-year low. The data pointing out to sustain labor market strength, as I just explained to you regarding even the seasonal workers, which should continue uh, to keep pushing economic growth. So let me ask you this, and Vicky points out with, with hyperdynamics. Okay, so if I make money on my stocks, I have to pay taxes on it, right? So if I lose money on my stocks, can I report it as a, as a loss? Kirsty, thank you for – I said I could do that as a loss on my taxes, huh? Okay, perfect. I could, re, I could look at that as a loss. Vicky, I think I can, I can deduct it from my, from my taxes. That's a good thing. Initial claims for state unemployment benefits dropping 8,000 to a seasonally adjusted 207,000 for the week ending on the 29th of September. So 49-year low. Uh, so right now we are, and this is crazy, people. Right now the labor market is being viewed as being near or full employment. And so – what happens when you are at full employment, you have more competition for workers. And when you have more competition for workers, the wages automatically increase. I mean, it's, it's a very simple formula and a very simple way that things are, 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 uh, are looking at this. And so that's just how simple things work for people, people. Is, is you go you go in and you have uh, you have jobless claims claims and you have full employment and then you you have um, you know you suddenly have a have a situation where um, where wages are increasing because because there's competition out there and the seasonal workforce as I just explained to you is a great example of that all right so apparently the senators are going to start reviewing the FBI report today. And I just told you a while back from NBC this ridiculous uh, development that there's only one report apparently 
and all the senators are taking turns looking at the thing. That just is an impossible thing for me to believe that they're doing that. But that's how it's going to roll. And, and, and here's what's even crazier. So first, Chuck Grassley's going to go see it, right? Because he's, uh, he's the head of the Judiciary Committee. So Grassley's going to go in and see it. Then it's going to be Dianne Feinstein's turn because she's the ranking member on the Judiciary Committee of the Democrats. And they call her the ranking member. So she's going to go on, and then she's going to read it. And then it's going to be another Republican. And then the Republican going to read it. Then it's going to be a Democrat. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. Now, I don't know whether this is just to design to keep the leaks from happening. I do believe there's going to be a leak anyway. And, and we'll eventually see uh, what's going on with it. But uh, it just is really very weird to have this kind of system where you have only one report. I mean, I, I frankly think the public ought to see the report. I don't think um, I, I don't think it, it really uh, should 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 make a difference. I mean, what are we going to know? What are we What are we learning? You know that 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 Brett Kavanaugh had a, a went to a, a keg party. I mean, come on, we should all be able to see it. It's ridiculous, but boy, they they definitely make things uh, complicated in Washington. And then what's going to happen is McConnell's going ahead and we're, they're going to have the cloture vote uh, later today or Friday. Cloture is just simply cutting off debate so that they can go ahead and, and, and make their decision on this and vote. And then they're going to vote probably on Saturday. We'll see. JP's noting, too, that unemployment uh, may fall to 3% in 2019. That's amazing. That's only great for, the, for the, not only the, obviously the wage worker, but the American worker as well after President Trump put a priority on it. All right, in weirder news, uh, by the way, tomorrow I'm going to play you this, this guy, Clint Haas, who works over at, is it Haas or Haas? Works over at uh, Channel 5 as a salesperson over there. He made it actually an album uh, inside Nashville. He's standing with his guitar and everything else. So I'm going to play, play some of this music tomorrow for you. You can buy it on iTunes. Let me see if I can find him real quickly, and then I'm going to give you a story that's going to, that's going to knock your socks off here. Hang on. No, I'm no wing. It's actually pretty good, Clint Haas. I, 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 one of the stories, one of the songs is pretty funny, actually. Let me see here. Let me see if I can find him. There he is. Uh, this song, I bought it, uh, Clint. It's called Kombucha. So uh, have you guys ever had kombucha before? It's actually pretty good. In fact, there's a there's a person in uh, there's a place in St. Louis. There might be a couple of them that make kombucha here in St. Louis, right here in St. Louis. It's pretty good. There's a little bit of it's a little bit of fermentation, but it's not like you're going to get drunk drinking kombucha. And it's good for your innards, your insides, for your digestion and everything else. And uh, so Clint decides it's kind of like a funny little album here inside Nashville. And uh, imagine like a Nashville singer singing about kombucha, right? Yeah. Well, maybe you've heard of that nasty beverage. There's plenty to go around, so now don't you disparage. 
Fizzy tart sweet But mostly sour I didn't like it at first But now I drink it by the hour Kombucha <laughs> Got to have my kombucha Kombucha I drink it all the time It's got vitamin B And lots of folic acid Well, imagine good fungus in all its facets. Just open your mouth, turn on the nozzle, only six bucks for a 12-ounce bottle kombucha. I got to have my kombucha. I like the uh, two minutes and three shots of bourbon. Here's that one. He'd been gone from his family for what seemed like a decade, and he cheated his own self instead Give me just two minutes and three shots of bourbon I can't go on living like this Here's when Audrey lives downstairs Could that be a new purse that she's concealing I can hear her start the engine of my car <laughs> Audrey lives downstairs with her sense of humor. I follow her by podcast two days a week. <laughs> this is kind of a... <laughs> now she's got no time for a baby boomer. Her schedule's way too busy to antiques. Listen to her podcast. <laughs> This is actually recorded in Nashville. Clint has a little bit of a Joe Pass flair to his uh, guitar. What's well, this serious business? It's actually a vinyl, but you could get all you get the entire album on uh, on iTunes. Clint Haas. I think it's Haas. I know the guy. I should know how to pronounce his last name. He works down at Channel 5 as a salesperson down there. Inside Nashville on iTunes. Haas, H-A-S-S-E. Way to go, Clint. Very good. Uh, Very, very impressive. All right, so... uh, Speaking of modern things in our culture, we have kombucha, we have the podcast, everything else... How about the selfies? Well, apparently there's a study that was put forth by the All India Institute of Medical Sciences and found that actually, you know, JP, you're right. Vinyl is where it's at. Vinyl uh, uh, rather than digital. But nowadays, digital has improved. The sound on digital has improved so much. It used to be that, that vinyl was far superior to digital uh, in terms of sound quality, but but they've kind of upped their game a little bit when it comes to um, the digital. But I will tell you, though, there are people who uh, have turntables uh, and good expensive ones, and you listen to things like jazz or classical music on them or even, you know, more complicated rhythms and stuff like that. It's uh, It's amazing what you hear compared to what you hear on digital. But you have a good, if you have a good turntable, though. Like I, I have like a portable record player. That, that's not going. That's not going to quite do it. 
Anyway, researchers with the All India Institute of Medical Sciences finding that 259 people, they've never done it, 259 people died between October 2011 and November 2017 as a result of hazards that arose while they were taking selfies. The highest total of selfie-related deaths took place in India, followed by Russia and the U.S. Now, actually, it's interesting because uh, uh, most of the deaths resulted from something that was happening around the person taking the selfie. So uh, there are a lot of people who, for instance, have drowned while trying to take selfies in the water. Or some people like are, are taking selfies uh, in front of a train. <laughs> I, I, I'm not laughing, but I, actually I am laughing. So I can't, how can I deny I'm laughing? You know. But it's taking a selfie of yourself in front of a train. I, although, you know, if you go to Lively, like in Russia, I'm pretty sure the selfie deaths are related to cars. Uh, because oftentimes what happens is the the uh, the Russians are, drive like bats out of hell. And all you have to do is go to a website called LiveLeak, LiveLeak.com. And that's where you see people getting shot, eaten by alligators, and uh, usually in car accidents. And what happens uh, – that what they do in Russia is because of so much insurance fraud and everything else, they have the dash cams over there. And so a lot more people in Europe and like Russia have dash cam cameras. And so invariably you, you see, whenever you see like a video from Russia, it's usually somebody getting crunched in a head on collision on a dash cam because they, their dash cams are always running. You don't see that much here because people don't have them. Otherwise, you would. But anyway, the average age of the deceased person, roughly 23 years old. And nearly three-quarters of the selfie victims were men. <laughs> yeah, the 23-year-old dude. I have, seen, I have seen things, though, videos where, uh, like in India, and, and I, don't, I don't think it's because – there in India. I don't know what it is, but uh, I've seen a lot of videos in India where people are taking selfies like during like these uh, floods. Because for whatever reason in India, you know, these little uh, rivers and stuff and creeks become really swollen. And then the Indians decide it's a good idea to just start to go for a swim. You know, I don't know why they do that. And then like 10 of them drown at one time. Or they decide that's going to be a good time to hop on the raft that they just built out of, uh, out of, uh, out of uh, bamboo leaves, and they get on that. I don't know. I don't know why it is there that they do that to that degree, but I've watched a lot of Indians die that way. I don't know why. Or they'll take selfies, like JP, you know, like a waterfall, and suddenly the 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 or the wave will come up, or something will come up, and just like pull them into the water. It's just really kind of crazy. Anyway, it's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yes, indeed it is, people. Yep, 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 yep. Thank you for listening to Radio Free Almond. From the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. That's right, when I kind of flesh out the Discovery Design brand a little bit more. 
It's all about caring for your truck. What I mean is they can add on to it, add a conveyor, add a light kit, paint it, whatever, and then manufacture something from the ground up for you, for your fleet, for your operation. The new address is ddtruckusa.com. That's Discovery Design Truck USA.com. ddtruckusa.com. Encourage you to check that out. And thank you, Rick Pogue and Jerry Pogue and the rest of the gang over there for your support of Radio Free Elman. Thank you, Proctor Drapery, Proctor Spelled Like Doctor. Thank you to my newest addition, Ricky Hall and Jenna over there at Nutrition HQ, nhq.rocks. Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell All State Agency 855 quote me Tracy Ellis Tracy and Rick TracyEllis.com Santino Cigars and Cocktails right there beautiful Arnold thank you guys as well thank you to Golden Oak Lending 314-567-GOLD and thank you to Dr. Pooty to PootyWellness.com alright folks Kim Paris going to be with us tomorrow kinds of frivolity. We're going to get right down to the Kavanaugh vote. It could take place tomorrow, but also by tomorrow, we're probably going to have the the FBI report leaked by then, so we'll follow up on that. Doug Giles is also going to be with us as well, so have a good rest of your day, everybody.